please get the hell out of here? This place gives me the creeps. Why don't you tell me to come through here? Hello, may I help you? You can sure as hell try. Hi, I'm Abe Froman. Party of three for 12. Is there a problem? You're Abe Froman. That's right. I'm Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. Yeah, that's me. Listen, young man. Entrepreneur, I'm very busy here. Why don't you take the kids and go back to the clubhouse? Are you suggesting that I'm not who I say I am? I'm suggesting that you leave before I have to get snooty. Snooty? Snotty. Snotty? Okay, Abe. Let's go. No, I'm not going anywhere. No. We like to be seated. Listen, young man, either you take the field trip outside or I'm going to have to call the police. The police? You're going to call the police on me? Yes. Fine. As a matter of fact, I'll call them myself. <laughs> yes. Call the police. This will be a hoot. Give me the phone. I have another call. Huh. I've had enough of this horsing around. Give me the phone back. You touch me, I yell right. There's another phone around here somewhere. Find it. Wonderful. I weep for the future. Okay, Ferris, can we just let it go, please? Ferris, please. Don't you far. You get busted. A, you can never go too far. B, if I'm going to get busted, it is not going to be by a guy like that. In 15 seconds after the hour of 11 amidst the month of January, the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along, making it part of your listening day. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program, an excursion into amusement and laughter. Thank you for coming along. It's 503 uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, musings, recipes, whatever it is you might have, excoriations. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and... Able to pass along your observations about the uh, interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the absurd, whatever it is you've got here. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or Richie with a T at 970.am. By the way, so Richie's no longer clutching a thing that looks a lot like a urine sample. He is, in fact, clutching a roll of toilet paper with him. What's going on with what? your body over there? I think I got a cold. I have some tissues over here if you want to. I got toilet paper. It's easier to carry your pocket. How is it easier? Because it's a roll of tissues. So you can just continually be oozing out of the nose, Sarah. You know, one big roll of tissue, one big one big ooze from your face. It's like the towel dispenser thing. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Like, like a roll of towel, Never but for, for mucus. 
Well, that's great. That's wonderful. All right. So we're all phlegmed up in here. How are you? It's 503-733-2970. Is this a hay fever thing, or is this a your cold, like a cold? I don't know. I have whatever it is, though, too. You had it first, because I just got a lot of All right, wait. Let's well, back. It's not my fault. We're in different rooms. Hold on. Let's whatever. back up for a moment. Richie, what are Here's a phrase that everybody probably hears very frequently. Richie, what are your symptoms? Uh, runny nose. <laughs> Funny sounding voice. Uh-huh. Um, so your nose is, I hate to be gross about this, but you're having to, like, you know, wipe your nose or whatever, blow your nose? Yeah, because... Your voice is funny sounding, what, like, scrapey, gravelly? No, it's like I got my nose stuff like so this. It's a, so it's a congestion? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, headache? No. Fever? No. Yeah, twitchy, shaky, nervous, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever, what's that called? The, um... You know what? what, what Shakes? You, yeah, well, you know what I mean. Shakes. Where you feel sort of, yeah, where you shivers. Yes, that's it. No, I, I got a rash. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. You're not, though. I, you're not kidding. You've had any number of rashes just in the time you've worked on this program here at this station. Not unlike Tom Hartman, who is, in fact, covered in an itchy, scaly rash, I believe. Todd Tolsa said that anyway. It must be true. Oh. Um, all right. You don't have any, like, you're not swollen anywhere, are you? No. All right. Not at this moment. <laughs> What's going on with your body that you're not telling us? Yeah, there's something really wrong inside you, but you're broken somehow. I got an electric blanket for Christmas. You got an electric blanket, really? Yeah. And so I don't turn my heat on no more. Maybe yeah. that's it. Really? That's fantastic. All right. You're going to wait. Do you sleep with your electric blanket every night? Yep. All right. Uh, you know, somebody told me that if you use an electric blanket, that it irradiates your intestines and it gives you cancer. But I think that's false, so I wouldn't worry about it, Richie. Okay. All right. Sarah Dillon, hello. How are you today? Hello. Oh, Good. I came bearing gifts today. Okay, but what are your symptoms, first of all? Oh, um, I have you thought a runny it was nose. A cold, and I thought it was allergy, so maybe I misdiagnosed. Oh, I'm kind of sneezy, and I have a runny nose. And I'm not coughing or anything. All right, but you don't have... Would you say that, based on your experience, it feels more like a cold or more like allergies? I don't know, because I always get them confused. I can never tell the difference. I, and that's a good question, actually. Like, like allergies in the winter and then colds in the summer. Right, what about itchy eyes? My eyes are kind of itchy. I would say that those are allergies, though. See, I don't think a cold gives you the... It, a cold can kind of give you the stuffed up and the, you know, the nose and the... Bleh. But I would say if your eyes are sort of itchy, in other words, like you, kind of, like you want to kind of like rub them and look like they're kind of scratchy or whatever, that, I think, has got to be an allergic reaction, which is, of course, because this studio is filled with dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, and say, saying the studio is filled with dust doesn't even really begin to describe it. And I, and I should say, by the way, this is not a reflection on the engineering department. There's only so much they can do. This building's like a thousand years old, and it is essentially just a sarcophagus, because there's no air in or out of this place, which I, which I guess is fine. Uh, but I'm just saying. Okay, so my my speculation there is that you've got allergies. And Richie's got a cold. Yeah, you're just dying. No, I'm Richie. itchy. My ears are. My eyes are I, I have your no ears doubt are that you're itchy. My eyes are itchy. Uh huh. All right. But now they are. You said before that they weren't. He didn't ask me that. Uh, let's quit talking about Richie's nose. And, and just the idea. Of, I mean, the idea of rolls of toilet paper being clutched by you as you walk around the building is just sort of strange. All right. And you know, here's the thing about. And here, look, can I can I also say something about this? By the way, this is the Rick Emerson radio program uh, designed uh, for the whole family. My one sort of weird observation, then we'll talk about what's coming up in today's program. Uh, then we'll uh, then we'll do the here's what we did last night discussion. But how do I put this? Here's the thing that I think about sometimes, and I wonder if I'm the only one who thinks about this. First of all. Okay. What are you looking at? Richie, we, that roll of toilet paper you got there, were you, yeah, we just, it was sort of bugging me because it was sort of not, I have this whole, do, are you, is anybody here obsessive compulsive about their toilet paper and how it's arranged? No. <laughs> really? Mm-mm. You don't care about over or under? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I don't. They, well, no, no, no. See, and I don't either. But I know people who do. I have heard, actually, in this very format and talk radio, I have heard like heated discussions about when you put it on the uh, the roll, well, you, to be over. over or under. See, but some, but there are. I have actually heard angry discussions in talk radio over the years about like, no, it's supposed to be under. Over is for retards, you know, or whatever. Where it's like it, it goes nuclear almost immediately. Um, Here's the thing I have. Here's here's an obsessive compulsive thing I have about about toilet paper. First of all, one is I'm not trying to work blue or to have bathroom talk. There's just no other way to talk. But let's say you're going to blow your nose though. You go into the, no Kleenex. You go into the bathroom. There's the toilet paper on the roll. Can't wait to blow my nose. And you pull off some toilet paper off the roll. You tear, <clears throat> blow into the toilet. Flush gone. Sometimes though, you go into the bathroom and it's like one of the squares is like half torn off but then it's just sort of folded over and dangling there you know like when they tore it off like it like one of the squares didn't come off mm-hmm. i can't stand that if i go into a bathroom and one of the squares is sort of dangling there hasn't been completely separated like i got to tear it off and i got here's the other thing i got to do sometimes when people are tearing off the toilet paper they sort of like they'll reach up and they'll grab the roll of toilet paper and they'll kind of pinch it with their fingers and tear it off then so then it's all kind of like it's got to be a clean end I mean, the toilet paper has to have a clean, squared-off end when it's on the roll waiting to be used. I can't, I can't abide toilet paper that's sort of messily on the roll. Than I can't, I just can't do it. It just it, it drives it drives me crazy. Here's one other thing. Oh God. No, no, no. I'm just saying this is relatable because uh, Sarah, it's, I think you, I think as Sarah and I both have discovered uh, over the past however long in this show, there's a lot of crazy people in the world. So it's not just us. Um, you know, it's, it's not, mostly us. I mean, it's mostly us. But hey, they put Richie in a booby hatch for like three weeks. So I mean, you know, it's, that's it's, how you sleep at night, isn't it? Just knowing that yes. about Richie. <laughs> no, you always, you always got it. Look, if you're fat, you stand next to fatter people, Sarah. So I mean, look, I may be, I'm, I may be mental, but at least I wouldn't put away like an, <laughs> like an animal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not over, I suppose. Um, so, um, what was my point? Oh, but here's a thing. Well, Richie wasn't crazy though. You were just stunned drugs, right? Yeah, but they don't put you in a mental place for three weeks because you were on drugs. Drugs wear off pretty quickly. I feel much better now. Uh-huh. By the way, as we're having this discussion about craziness, it should be noted that Sarah has started doing her of mice and men thing with her own hair. Like, like you were. You know what it is? It's like you're both Lenny and Candy over there. I just wanted to pet her hair, George. You know, and then the next thing there's Sarah's dead in a ditch. All right, well, in any event. So we're all crazy, but here's the thing: I, I am not like. I was going to say anal, uh, but I'm not, you know, like all freaky about bathroom coordinating where everything is in the bathroom. Toilet tissue, though, here's the thing. You know what I cannot stand? Here's the thing I cannot stand it, because it's the trashiest. You want to talk about something that will make you look like you just rolled out of the bus from Appalachia? When you finish a roll, and I'm not talking about at work. I'm talking about at home. Because at work, sometimes it's all it's that jive where it's all locked up with the key and you can't you can't get to the new roll of toilet paper. When you're at home, you know, in your own your own place, you finish the toilet paper, you know, and then you just got the cardboard tube there. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor, and I'm speaking to everybody everywhere on planet Earth. When you finish a roll of toilet paper, take it off and throw the tube away. Put the new roll in there. Snap it into place. Don't put it on the back of the toilet. Don't put the new roll on the toilet tank like a hillbilly. You want to talk about something that'll make you look like a like a one toothed hick? I am the hickiest person I know. That do you put a do you put the new roll of toilet tissue on the back? No. I ran out of toilet paper and all I had were like these. Um... Please tell me they were like scratchy paper towels. No, not paper towels because I ran out of paper towels. Too. Yeah. I had, uh, Washcloth. Like those little pocket tissues. 
Oh yeah, okay, like a, like a little tiny Kleenex so for your that pocket. Lasted, that lasted for about a, um, you know, like I had them on my toilet for a couple of days, and I was like, oh, I need to get toilet paper, and I was out, and I totally forgot. And my friend works at a bar, so now I actually have bar toilet paper. <laughs> Single in ply. My bathroom. Yeah. Single ply that doesn't have holes in it, so I can't put it on the toilet paper. See, roll. see, so then when you tear it, it bunches up, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it just doesn't have holes on either side, so I have to like set it on top of the tank. Oh, uh, see. Uh, so, so I'm the trashiest thing. So not only are well, there. You don't like, have any choice, though. That's the thing. Like, that's no, I do have a choice. Well, you I can, can go buy, to Fred Meyer and you buy, can buy toilet, toilet paper. paper. <laughs> wow. Um, but instead, I have, like, you know, Christmas tissues okay. and well, bar toilet paper. I guess that's almost different. I mean, you could buy toilet paper, but, I mean, the toilet paper in your home now at least doesn't go on the roll. I mean, I'm talking about, and, and here's the other thing. I'm not talking about if it's, like, the way you always do it. Like, if you just always prefer to have it on the back of the tank for whatever reason, because then you don't have to change it. But I'm talking about you go into somebody's bathroom, and it's like the cardboard tube is just sitting there on the little dowel. You know, and meanwhile, they've got a big roll in the back. It takes five seconds. And you know what? It has the advantage of not making you look like a redneck fool. So, you know, anyway. My wife and I have a whole thing about the two. I told him like I'm like baby, you can't do that. Like you you finish it, you finish the yeah, toilet paper. You're a little aggressive about the toilet paper. It bugs the hell out of me. I don't know why. And you know what it is? It, I, I think here's the thing. Gonna, then we're gonna have to move on from the toilet paper, right? All right. I'm just saying, like many things, it comes from family. You know. I mean, look, we're all as I said, we're all crazy. And so, you know, when you're like 50, you're still like, you know, my dad didn't buy me a pony. But my grandmother did that. My grandmother would do this, that jazz of just leaving it on the back of the toilet, and it just drove me crazy. It just... In fact, you know, in fact, I don't even know that it's that it's my parents so much as my grandmother. Goddamn, my grandmother just, just made me crazy in so many ways. My Any number of the things I have now, obsessive behaviors, now that I think about it, I say conducting you know, my therapy live on the air again... Any number of my obsessive behaviors, I can now, I realize, come directly from my grandmother, which is weird. Anyway, she did that. But she did that thing, too, and this is a female thing, I think. She would go on vacation, and she'd come back, and then the suitcase would just sit there, in, in like, on the floor, un, like, you know, un unpacked for, like, a month and a half. Oh, yeah. No, my suitcase from Christmas is still not unpacked. Chicks do that. Guys, immediately, unpack, done, bag put away. Chicks will come back from vacation, and the bag just sits there for, like, a year with all of your stuff that you were, like, going to Epcot or whatever, just, like, still stacked in there. All right. Well, in any event, hello. Uh, it's Thursday, and um, whatever. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on today, CNN Radio Correspondents. Steve Kastenbaum will also talk to Ed McCarthy. We'll also talk to Bob Costantini. Anybody else? I Amanda Moyer? Four. I think Amanda as well. Somebody? Uh, yeah, so we got the, we'll be talking about Blagojevich. We got your, we got your Roland Barris. We got your economic stimulus package. We got your Obama. Uh, top five. We have a fantastic top five coming up today. One of the best we've ever had. One of the best that's ever been done on the show. And I can't take credit for it. I was kind of there helping with the idea. Paddock, though, was putting it all together. Myself, uh, Buzz from KUFO, Lisa Wood, Chris Paddock. We were all there uh, working on, you know, to, it, it was because I was sort of going to ask Paddock about a top five anyway, but he kind of caught me and he's like, I got an idea for a top five. And it ended up not being either of the ones we were thinking of. Here's what it is, though. I almost don't want to say it. It's so good. It is, in fact, this is coming up today, the top five... Montage songs from a film. Oh, yeah! That's amazing. That's right. Boom! Suck that. Please tell me that you at least included team as an armature Team America. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything, sir. I will be disappointed in you. Top five montage songs from a film. Bam! Yeah! That's it, right there. Step back. That's amazing. 
It really is. Uh, let's see. What else? Yes, we have giveaways, Richie. What are we giving away today? We have uh, four-packs to Portland Pilots at the Child Center. We have uh, men's basketball and women's basketball tickets. Four-packs. Those are two uh, random callers today, are they not? Yes. All right, so one random on-air caller today wins a four-pack of Pilots, uh, Portland Pilots basketball ticks, as they say, at uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. What else? Uh, we'll talk to our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger later on today. Dorothy Casasari from the National Enquirer. And uh, it is High Concept Thursday. And all of that. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Derek Dillon. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. I brought... Okay, so as I was saying before, I brought presents today. Really? Well, not really, okay. but I brought things. All right. All right. So, first of all... It's brought, Nair. Brought oh. my Nair. Here's the thing is, I totally forgot about that. Just like Nair I forgot remover the... for smooth, radiant skin. Works in as little as three minutes. That is now. So that's exactly the kind of skin I have, Sarah. Mm-hmm. All right. So are we going to put this on your face today? Well, see, but the thing is, I didn't... I never even really thought about... We had this whole discussion yesterday about shaving uh, and about hair products and how I think, like, there ought to be... A, we ought to be at a time in, in American history... And this comes up, like, once a year on the show because I hate shaving so much. But we ought to be at a time in American scientific advancement where you don't have to scrape, like, a piece of metal against your skin. You know, where you ought to be able to just, like, zzz, hair, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just some magic product. And there's Nair, which chicks put on their legs or whatever. And, you know, and I, and I didn't really ever think that anybody was going to do it. So I, I shaved this morning. So the thing is, I don't have any, you know, in other words, I don't have any hair on my face. I shaved. So I'm, what? Your arms. Now, but is your hair on your arm the same as your hair on your face? Is it going to be representative? Is it going to be a representative example of how it works to put it I on my arm? I think so, yeah. All right, so that's Nair. Yeah, because it says, is yeah, it just like acid? do not use on face, around eyes, in mm-hmm. nose, and ears. It actually says don't use on the face. On, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to read where else junk. you can't put them. Yeah. Really? On junk, on your boobs. It what? actually says do not put use on your breasts. Really? <laughs> is that a problem for people? Are, I are guess there women? So. Or, or maybe for men. But you know what? It, maybe it's men. I, you know what it is? That's probably not for women, though, Sarah. That's probably but it doesn't just that's for guys. Breast nipples. Breasts. No, that's probably for guys. Okay. For guys who would, like, wax their chest or whatever. Or, you know, like, um, here's the... Or, you know, what else? What? But you say men don't have breasts. Well, I wouldn't call them breasts. But, I mean, they... They could Some say chest. Well, you know what it is? It's a bit, like, um, here's a good example of who, of who might need that warning. Guys who swim... Because you ever known a guy who was a swimmer? They have like like a competitive swimmer or any kind. Like they have no hair. Like it's like a full body shave thing going on with with guys who swim. Mm-hmm. So they probably tried. Like had some guy, oh, probably. some Michael Phelps douche who was just like, <laughs> you know, all over. So. All right, and then I. <laughs> well done, Sarah Dillon. Are you guys ready? Yes. What else do we have today? Oh, okay. So okay. So Sarah has brought Nair. And Sarah has brought the shirt that she bought for her now ex-boyfriend, and it arrived the day after, or the day that they the broke day up. Of. That's great. That's wonderful. And it says it is a picture of a dog, and it says, "No, seriously, who let the effing dogs out?" And I have two of them. You know, if I didn't already know he was a professional comedian, Sarah, that shirt would give it all away. He would like that shirt? Yeah. Yes, he did. He had it before. And then oh. whatever. Was he already stocked up on the shirt that said, uh, you know, take me drunk, I'm home? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. Uh, I'm just saying. No, no, I'm just no, right. I'm just saying. Oh, how was, how was your evening? It's fun. You know, ever, you know, like every night I've just been hanging out with good friends, hung out with uh, Lisa Wood, because we're working on an, a project an together. Exciting, uh, an exciting radio project yes. to be revealed at, uh, in the near future. Yes. Very exciting. I hung out with Lisa and, yeah, and with Heather and just chatted, drank wine. Just the usual. I haven't Excellent. I haven't been into going out to bars or something. Do you remember me calling you last night? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember what I said? Do you remember the first thing out of my mouth when I called you? Mm-mm. Okay. I called Sarah last night around 9 o'clock. 
because there's um, we're talking about a little bit a little bit of business. There's a, a, a new client we're going to be welcoming uh, to the radio program, I believe, on Monday. Uh, in fact, two next Monday we'll be welcoming two brand new clients uh, to the uh, Rick Emerson show. Uh, but I was talking to Sarah last night about the about this client that's going to be you know that's going to be coming on board with us, and we you know we need to get a little a little bit of work done on on something for them. But that wasn't what I originally called you about. Do you remember when you answered the phone and I said, Sarah, I got two things. A, you don't remember what A was last night, do you? No. Okay. When I Actually, if you, yeah, if you said that you called at 9, I had... You were yeah. really drunk. Uh, and yeah. everybody... And here's the thing. Did you ever call... Because well, Lisa and I were just talking about it today, and I was like, how did we get so drunk? It's like, oh, we forgot to eat dinner. I kept drinking. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah, well, that too. And what were you yeah. drinking? Red wine? Oh, yes. Good for you. Well done. Red wine, and then yeah, and then Kelsey came over later on, of course, with champagne. As she always does. Yes. Um, yeah, so I called you about 9 o'clock last night, and it was one of those nights where I could tell... I mean, is, do you ever call somebody's house, and you know that there's only like four people there, or fewer... But for all the world, it sounds like there is a girls gone wild thing happening. Like you know, like a, it sounds like a Super Bowl party. Oh, we were going nuts. Which is four to, of you? Yeah, we were going to, just listening to like old punk rock songs and like it. It was fun. Yeah. This, this is how Sarah answered the phone. She goes, "Hello, Rick," and I said, "Hi, Sarah. Uh, I have two things to share with you." And you go, "Hey, Rick has two things to share with us." <laughs> uh, and I said, uh, "A, John Travolta's now dead kid looked really weird when he was alive." I'm not trying to be insensitive. There's, did he? Was there an issue with him? Did he have some sort of a uh, thing? He had an ailment. Was he one of God's most precious creatures? Perhaps. Did he vote for Sarah Palin? And you know what I'm talking about. I'm just asking. Did I, don't you, know. I mean, have you seen him? No, See, I, but I'm not, I know what you mean. And I'm not trying to be. I'm really not trying to be a jerk. I'm really not. I mean, he's. You know, whatever. He's. He's. He's no longer with us. He's gone on to the next stage of existence what or whatever. Jet, Jet. I think with two T's. He was just. He was a. He was a strange-looking child. I. But you know what? I. I don't know. Maybe that he did. Did he have? He didn't. He wasn't a, like a Down syndrome kid, was he? I mean, I don't really know. I'm, again, I know it makes me sound like an ass, but I was just watching. I was watching uh, CNN last night, and their show. First of all, John Travolta. Wow. I mean, I mean, how, however many points they've told you you can eat every day, they've they've added an extra zero to that. You, I would be cutting that by like a third, friend. I know you're famous and all, but Jesus, I don't remember the last time I saw you. When was the last movie John Travolta was in that had a theatrical release? Anyone? Uh, no one can remember. No, because we've done this before, and nobody could remember. All right, this is why. I mean, just massive. I mean, there's so much of him at this point. John Travolta, he's become, he's just, he's huge. Um, but he's standing next to his kid, and they're at the airport, I guess. This is like during happier, you know, more alive times. And they're walking through an airport. And that 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 uh, son of his looked very, very odd. There was something not quite, kind of a that boy ain't right kind of a, kind of a look yeah, about it, him. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. It does look like they're... There's there something going. There's, it looked as though he had issues of some kind. But that's the, I go a John Travolta's son looked really weird when he was alive. And then I said B, you know, and I was talking about this client thing. But in the background, I could hear that there was a whole lot of whooping and reveling uh, and making of merry going on at your place. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we were over at Lisa Woods. Excellent. It was an amazing night last night because we were sitting out on the front porch, uh, you know, listening to music and hanging out and. The wind was so warm, but it was like a monsoon. Dude, that wind last night. I know we're talking about weather again, but for the love of God, it was that crazy. Siri, and this almost never happens at my house. It, that I could actually, while I was sitting there on the couch last night watching the television, I could feel the wind coming in 
through the door. You know, my door doesn't seal quite as, as, as you know, as firmly as it might. And I could feel the wind coming into the door. And then it was that thing where you, you could hear the house going like... You can hear the creaking, yeah. And that's when you start to realize, this is held together with 100-year-old nails. Oh, Jesus. You know, there's like a thousand pounds of roof over my head at any given time. You know, that you're just waiting for the whole thing to collapse. That wind was... I'm kind of surprised we didn't lose power, actually. Mm-hmm. So, Hello, Richie. How are you today? Other than, you know... Well, about a ton of paper. Okay. Let's uh, <laughs> go from that. All right. Are we breaking or am I doing these calls? Uh, let's break and then we can do this. All right. If you're on hold, undoubtedly about John Travolta's child, uh, we'll uh, we'll get your calls here in just a moment. Uh, coming up around the corner, uh, news and information. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. It is 503-733-2970. Uh, in uh, just a uh, short while, we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent Amanda Moyer, Steve Kastenbaum, Ed McCarthy. Uh, we got the top five coming up later on. Top five montage songs from a film and so forth. This, however, ladies and gentlemen, is CNN Radio Correspondent Bob Costantini. Hello, Rick. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm in the uh, lobby of the uh, bureau here in Washington today because uh, some work's being done inside the studio here. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought I'd come out among the people. So you're out there. So you're out there in the in the in the foyer. Hey, in let the me foyer, ask you. This. It's, it's noisy. Is, so. <laughs> is is foyer a fake French pronunciation, or is that actually a thing that they say? Like, is that actually the correct pronunciation of that word? I believe that's how they pronounce it. Really? So if you so the, that's not like a thing that my dad did to try to be like a fake sophisticated. In other words, no, no. in other words, foyer is not like a target kind of a thing. Uh, no, no, right. foyer is how the French pronounce it. We usually call it a foyer right. in this country. It seems. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to start calling it. Uh, I'm going to add that to schedule as you know, just the things that I begin saying in their native tongue. All right. Done and done, sir. All right. Uh, so there was. Uh, I'm going to. I'm not even going to pretend that I watched it. I, I know that there was a was a call to action or a. Rallying sure. cry or something or other that Barack Obama did today about some about something of trying to fix our stupid broken economy. Clarion call. How about you say that? A clarion, a clarion call. call. All right, there you go. I'll take that. So what was the? I mean, what was the? Was this large? Was there actual substance in this, or was it? Was it a, sort of a more of a style exercise? Well, there seemed to have been a lot less substance than uh, perhaps we were led to believe, or at least they kept saying it was a major speech on the economy, but uh-huh. basically. Uh, What he said was, it's not too late for us to uh, change the course as far as the economy is concerned, but he called for swift passage of an economic stimulus package, and in the case of what Mr. Obama seems to want, would be somewhere around $750 billion. Uh, About uh, one-third of it or so would be for tax cuts, and he pledged again once once again – that 95% of Americans would be getting a uh, tax cut of up to $1,000 on their taxes. Um, uh, And, you know, also, of course, that leads to the notion that this whole package will substantially increase the uh, deficit next year and perhaps for the next couple of years uh, to be beyond, well beyond $1 trillion per year. Um, But uh, he's, you know, he seems to have a significant amount of backing from the Democrats in Congress, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an infrastructure program, supposedly, and tax cuts, 
and uh, that's uh, that's what we've gotten out of um, Wait, so, you know, the speech today. Okay, so I, I wanted to sort of get all of that into my head so I could process it and respond to it. So it, maybe it's, uh, it, it, let me just sort of repeat back to you what I think I heard you say, and you tell me if I've missed something here. So uh-huh. the plan to fix the economy is to cut taxes and spend more. Uh, spend more as far as infrastructure is concerned. Now he has um, he has indicated, and part of his speech was to point the finger of blame, in a sense, back at Congress, where he said, quote, politicians spent taxpayer money without wisdom or discipline and too often focused on scoring political points instead of the problems they were sent here to solve. And that's the end quote. Um, so, so basically he is saying that, you know, the members of Congress have been spending uh, wildly and uh, no indication that's necessarily going to change, but uh, he, he says... And one of the things he said just the other day was he would eliminate earmarks, those little ways of putting in pet projects into bills. You know, here's the thing. I, uh, I have a question. Tough thing to do. If one sort of operates under the assumption, as I do and as I think almost everyone does, if you operate under the assumption that Congress is just is just corrupt, if not actively evil, I mean, it, clearly they have just no, as P.J. O'Rourke says, uh, you know, it, it, giving Congress control of your checkbook is like giving a 16-year-old car keys and whiskey. It's just, it's just that it's a recipe for failure. But I mean, that's never going to change, right? They just, they just can't handle money. They're just, they're just dimwits. So, if you sort of work from the premise that Congress is always going to blow with the rent money on something stupid, I at this point, it just seems fundamentally at odds with logic that you would not raise. Like, I don't trust. He's always say, well, I don't trust any politician who wants to raise my taxes. I think right now, not only do I not trust a politician who wants to cut taxes. I, I, I think that I would question your mental firepower if you were saying that you wanted to cut taxes right now. This doesn't really seem to be the time for time for doing that. Well, you can certainly make that argument because, again, we are going to have, before this whole stimulus thing uh, takes over, uh, we are going to have about a trillion-dollar deficit next year. That's great. Uh, and, and you want to cut taxes to 95% of Americans and, uh, you know, and in an effort, hopefully, to stimulate the economy, but there's a question as to whether uh, the country can afford it. And yeah. I think uh, that's that's a debatable thing. But right now, the Democrats certainly seem to to be on board with uh, middle class tax cut, of course. Of course. Um, and then perhaps raising taxes on the upper echelon. But uh, you know, it's <laughs> will they rein in spending? Yeah. That's the the sixty-four thousand or sixty-four billion dollar question. I got a. Uh, as we wrap this up, I got a suggestion and I got a question. First of all, uh, not to get bogged down in blue humor, but you saw this thing yesterday about how Larry Flint and what's his name, the, the Joe yeah, Francis, the girls they want done their one, They got a Joe, Joe Francis and Larry Flint are like, well, you need a porn bailout. Has anybody has anybody tied porn bailout to the to the words uh, stimulus and package? <laughs> no. All right. You should be the first to do it, Bob. There you go. I know. Stimulus uh, package, stuff, porn bailout. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Uh, let's see. There's that. Uh, did I have anything else? Oh, oh, I'm going to give you a little pithy line you can use. Uh, sure. So maybe you want to hand this off to somebody else if you feel like it's too charged for you. Uh, sure. You know, during the, the campaign, Barack Obama's whole thing was like, we're going to be change. We're going to bring change to Washington. I'm a, I, I don't have this line totally polished in my head, but it seems like there's something there. You, this is not one of those things where it's like I really ought to be some sort of political operative because I would just sell this line to the Republican Party. You know, I would sell this to whoever I'd sell this to whoever the opposition is going to be at this point. Uh, well, you just point something out that the Barack Obama. It would it would be something like this. You'd get Sarah Palin or whoever the whoever the prospective candidate for 2012 is. You get him on camera right now saying like, "Well, Barack Obama certainly has brought change. Change between what he promised and what he's doing." All right. 
Whatever. All right. Bob Costantini. Uh, even some uh, perhaps uh, liberals might look at that as a, as a line to use. I'm telling you right now. You tell them you heard on the Rick Emerson show. All right. All right. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, Rick. Bob Costantini, ladies and gentlemen. You know, some days it's uh, some days the greatness just goes unacknowledged. He changed from a reformer into more of the same. There's something there about Barack Obama and change. These are pretty good Barack Obama impressions. Who wants some pie? Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hi, Sarah. I was calling hello. to let you know Travolta's child had Kawasaki's disease. Had what? Kawasaki's. Uh, which is it, pleased to explain. It causes seizures. Wait, are you making this up? No. Okay. It causes seizures and uh, cardiac problems, heart problems. Now, okay, but so this, is, but in other words, what kind of a disease is this? By which I mean, is this, uh, is this, is this like a chromosomal disease, or is it like Parkinson's, or is it just like a thing? Where, I mean, you know what I'm saying? In other words, here's here's the only reason I ask. And again, I'm not trying to be callous about this. I was just watching the news. And there's John Travolta, this is, I think, from like a year ago. John Travolta and Jet Travolta walking through an airport. And the kid was how old? He was like 16, 17, something like that. Um, but they're walking through an airport. And just in like the absolutely still, you know, the, or the silent, in other words, there was no audio. It was just a video of them. And then Anderson Cooper was walking over the top. And, and you just saw the kid. And he just, he just, he looked, uh, he looked very uh, unsettling. I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Is that a thing that would manifest itself in your physical appearance? Uh, it shouldn't. So he might have had something else going on. Okay, so uh, it's I... a male. It's a male-dominant disease. Um, mostly men get it. Occasionally, there are exceptions, and females get it. So they're, they're so they're, the family's saying this is the thing that gave him the seizure that you know he, he cracked his head. Right. All right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for the clarification. And then also the yeah. last movie that John Travolta was in was Hairspray. He paid. Oh, the right, home. right. Well done. What is your name? Barbara. Barbara, thank you so much. You call us anytime. Thank you, Rick. All right, there you go. Hairspray. Ooh, and before that, that damn Wild Hogs movie with William H. Macy. Yeah, no call for that. All right. Kawasaki Syndrome. All right. Uh, in just a moment, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Uh, coming up uh, later on, Don Taylor from Film.com and Chocolatier to the World uh, will be joining us here in the studio. Uh, coming up, uh, ooh, this is a good time, actually. Well... After we talk to Amanda Moyer, it'll be a good time, because otherwise oh, I would the, be... The thing that we were talking about? Disrespectful of her, of her schedule. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Program from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. It used to be the Croft Super Center, home of Sid and Marty Croft and some of their most illustrious creations. It also houses... There we go. I could have gone on for two or three minutes. That was impressive. Uh, hello, Amanda Moyer. How are you today? Hi, I'm well. It's the end of the week for me. I was waiting for you to ask me how I'm doing. I would like to know. Oh, no, no, no. See, I can see now you're forcing it, Amanda. That's okay. It's the end of the week for you. Do you? Is this like a constant thing where you're always off on, uh, do you work like a Sunday through Thursday thing, or does it like just I rotate? I do. Yeah, I work Sunday through Thursday, and Ed works Tuesday through Saturday. I get the feeling at CNN sometimes they're just, really, they just come in and it's like a grab bag of scrabble tiles, uh, you know, about like who works when. It just sort of seems to be, it, I can never kind of keep my, uh, I can never kind of keep it all straight in my head about who's, who's, uh, you know, who's on the clock and who isn't. So now let me ask you this. I'm sure that, you know, everybody at CNN gets along. You all have professional respect for one another. Uh, you say you're going to be gone Ed McCarthy's going to be on the clock. Do you kind of, but when you go on, when you get ready to leave, do you, do you kind of then secretly hope that nothing really exciting happens until like Sunday or whatever, when you get back? 
Well, see what happens. They call me home then. <laughs> really? Is that true? They like, it's very true. <laughs> they just like, no, 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 Rod Blagojevich lost his hairbrush. Get on the plane. Stat. <laughs> right. that, it happens. It happens a good bit. You know, it's stuff, news happens, and it doesn't matter who's on. They call you at home, and you're off on a plane somewhere. Excellent. So this is what, so I guess now, today was going to be the, 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 I don't know, they're going to start looking into, not actually impeaching, but looking into whether there is enough uh, sort of basis. Like, is there enough? reason to look at impeaching this guy, right? And so what is the what is the timeline? Where are we at now? Well, actually, there's been a significant development. Um, the panel is meeting today, and uh, first of all, they drafted a report uh, that they just released, and it says that they do have enough evidence to recommend impeachment. But what's going to happen is they, they dra- it's a draft report, and this afternoon the panel will vote amongst themselves to to recommend this. So this afternoon, it's likely to happen. They will draft this uh, resolu- this recommendation, and then that means that the full House could actually vote tomorrow on on impeaching him. Here's a weird question, and this is, I don't really understand how, how anything works. So I got the – hold on, I got the two things here. Point one, I'm going to make a note of these things so I don't forget them. Um, impeaching. Okay, here's a, here's a question. Um, so they're moving, as you said, they could be, even tomorrow they could be impeaching this guy, who as of now hasn't been been convicted or anything. So my question to you, and I, I don't know if you're, you know, I don't know if you can speak legally to this, but is the impeaching a de facto conviction of a crime, or is the impeachment just sort of a look? You're causing a bunch of ruckus, and so we got to get you out of here. In other, you, do you see what I'm saying? In other words, if they impeach him, does that mean that he has been found guilty of something? No, it really doesn't, because it's, it's not a criminal proceeding, so it's much lighter on what they can actually use uh, to, to, to move to impeach. For example, um, they, they say they have enough evidence. They've been using documentation. They've heard um, a number of people testify, but they've also been using some hearsay. The governor has not testified before the panel. But in addition to the evidence they gathered in this report, they cite some reasons for, for also recommend, recommend, rec- giving this recommendation. And one of them is um, the financial impact of his arrest on the state, uh, the federal government's mistrust in the governor, and even his failure to heed resignation calls. So it's a much lighter group of evidence that they can use uh, versus in a, in a criminal proceeding. And what happens is this panel is now going to recommend the governor be impeached. The full House will have to vote on it. But then, even if the full House does move to impeach, let's say that happens tomorrow, then this goes to a trial in the Senate. All right. Okay. So there you go. So I got that straight in my head. And then uh, my uh, final question here, which is, in fact, a question slash suggestion from the audience. And as uh, everyone at CNN Radio is painfully aware, I'm just full of ideas for great sidebar pieces. This is actually not my idea. Those, uh, our uh, friend Seamus passed this along to me. He had this whole question. We were talking about the uh, that guy who was the mayor of Detroit who... You know, I think that they were. I think they were just like. I think at one point they had like a. I don't know. They, they, like they had the full like low jack on his ankle, so he couldn't get out of the house because he'd been. You know, he was. Uh, you know, he'd been convicted of something, or he was like. I don't know. He was out on probation or for something or whatever. But and then there's this business of Ted Stevens in Alaska, and then there's Rob Lagojevich who may at some point be convicted of something. So the question is, what is the? And I, it's an open-ended question that I, maybe you can't speak to, but it is interesting to ask this question. What is the what is the, the most serious thing you can be convicted of and still have 
still hold an elected office of some kind? Or what is the elected office, you know, the highest elected office that one can hold while having been convicted of a felony? Whoa, I, I, I guess it depends on the state, too. I mean, some states uh, seem more corrupt than others. Uh, in particular, Illinois seems like a seems like a state that's been dealing with this for a long time, not only with Governor Blagojevich, but the governor before Blagojevich, the governor of Illinois, was also right. uh, corrupt. So, I mean, I mean, could you be, here's a dumb question, could you be a convicted felon and be elected president? No. Is that now? Are you are you bluffing, or do you actually know? I I. I think you're bluffing. I don't think that that could happen. <laughs> I mean, I know you couldn't vote for yourself, right? You couldn't vote True. if you're a convicted felon. But I wonder right. if. You, but I mean, if you are a, a natural a natural born citizen, you know, a native born citizen of the United States, and you are over the age of 35, uh, I wonder if there would be anything prohibiting you from being elected president. I don't know if that's in the law. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's in the law, but it would be pretty amazing if that would get well, through all the channels. <laughs> now, it might be, now, see, it might be unlikely given given the nature of campaigning now and smear tactics and so forth. But it I mean, takes two years to actually get elected. Well, no. I mean, but, you know, and look, I, I hate to always be going back to Marion Barry, but he really is the gift that just kept on giving just forever. I mean, Marion Barry on camera smoking crack. And then, and then, like, it just seemed like about five minutes later, like, yeah, but let him be mayor again. So, all right. Um, just a thing to think about, Amanda. I will. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to find out the real answer there, too. Let me ask you this. On a scale of one to five, how unprofessional do you find me to be most of the time? Oh, I'll give you a three. All right. Well, there you go. That's 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 a fantastic answer. All right, Amanda, uh, have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. There you too. Amanda Moyer at the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Was that your headphone cord hitting the mouse? Yes, I was over there sorting the news stories, and then it yeah. kind of hit it like this. All right, then. Uh, let's, sorry about that. Oh, by the way, this is uh, about Jet Travolta. Jet Travolta had autism. That's impossible, sir. It doesn't exist. Or so I've been told. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Uh, hello. This is Jerry from uh, Portland. Yes. Hello, sir. Uh, I was calling because uh, I was wondering if you guys had any kind of event or listener party or something cool planned for um, Bush's last day in office. You know, somebody actually asked me uh, yesterday. Oh, that's coming up pretty quick here. Uh, somebody asked me, yes, uh, the 20th is the 20th is the inauguration day, which means that's the day where they hand it off. And I guess it hands, happens, but it happens like way early in the morning, doesn't it? I don't. Uh, to, to answer your question. Not at the moment. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I, on the one hand, what is today? That is the eighth. Yeah, the eighth. So it's like what, is, what day is it? The twenty-second. I don't know. Let me hold on. Let me look up. It's the twentieth. The twentieth. Um, it is the twentieth. It is a Tuesday, but I think somebody told me that it happens at like nine a.m. or something, which which could be wrong. I guess the, the short answer is not at the moment, sir. Are you looking for something to do that day? Well, I wasn't necessarily looking for the inauguration party, but more of the let's get his ass out of office Like a party. farewell to George W. Bush. Yeah, good conference. riddance, goodbye. Well, you know, yeah, I, that might be kind of fun, like uh, that last night, if you find something to do. Well, you know, and see, and that's, that's and we were talking about this the other day, that Bush is actually, he's weighed the idea of doing a farewell speech, which is so great. I, I just, because I don't think anybody's done that, but I think Lyndon Johnson did it at one point, and I think, uh, you know, Nixon, obviously, when he resigned. But presidents don't typically, I mean, they have a last State of the Union or whatever. And watch his farewell speech. But I mean, don't you kind of want him to do it? Absolutely. I mean, just you know, because the I mean, because you know, my wife was making this point last night. Lara's like, you know, don't you find George Bush to be really like? Don't you find him to be really sinister? And you know, really, what did she call? It wasn't nefarious, but she called him basically like sinister and sort of like an evil overlord. And I said, no, he's he's just not smart enough. He's just dumb. And so, like, in a, you know, he's given us so much in a way. 
like we're going to look back on this and laugh. <laughs> I mean, we really are. We're going to look back on this. We're going to go, oh, remember that time we, we elected that guy who was functionally illiterate to run the entire planet? Whoa, memories. Remember the time you wrecked the country and the economy and, like, like destroyed everything? So, in a way, it would almost be... It would almost be, it would feel unsatisfying if he didn't say goodbye somehow. So I'm hoping he does. Anyway, so again, back to your question. Nothing at the moment, but I think we're going to think about it. I think we're going to maybe try to put something together. So yeah. I don't know. Watch this space for details, sir. Well, uh, well, I tried to make it to the election night coverage at uh, the, the bowling alley you guys are sitting at. Um, I called up earlier that day to make sure it was okay to bring my son. I have a year and a half old son. Um, I actually arrived right after they announced Obama as being the president-elect, and it was probably about 8.45 at night, and um, the place was so crowded, and everybody was smoking and drinking. It, it, it struck me as more of a bar. I mean, I know it was all ages, but right. I got so many dirty looks trying to bring my boy into the place. <laughs> I, Screw this. I'm out of here. I don't want to be like the leper in this in this colony over horrible here. Horrible man bringing a baby. <laughs> well, if we have something, will you perhaps be able to leave your child at home? Well, I, really, I thought you were going to say with uh, with the coat check girl. Oh no. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be with his mother that night. So cause that's why I was wondering. Is like now I might be able to have a chance to actually arrive without without the kid. All right. Well, you know what? We'll. Uh, I don't know. I want to promise anything. We'll look into it though, sir. Well, that would be awesome. I've always wanted to, like, meet you guys and shake your hands and let you know how much of a fan I am. I've been listening since, God, 2002. Wow. Excellent. For, for a long time, since uh, I think you guys first made it out on the radio. I think it was even before Sarah was there. So. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I joined been, in 2002. Yeah, it would have been yeah. right around that time. Yeah, you used to do the weapon of the day and all that. I used to Indeed. love that. Way. Well, be listening. We'll try to put something together, and uh, if it happens, you will hear it here, my friend. All right, well, have a good one, right. you guys. Thank you, you sir. Too. All right, there you go. Man, and how how proud of that we could get Tim to come in too? Yeah, well, you know, anything's possible. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, Sarah. One never knows what the future holds. Okay, so, so you know how we were talking about earlier. I know that we have to get the news started, but I need to figure out what I'm going to do with. This. Oh, this is the shirt you bought for your now ex-boyfriend. With the shirt, yeah. What size is that? It's a large. That's a large, large. It is. A that large. looks like an XL. It's a wide large. Really? Well, isn't it? What? You see a wide. You see a wide. No, no, I, no! I didn't order it a wide large. I just ordered it large. Yeah, Cafe Press. I mean, I love Cafe Press, but their sizes can be a little, a little yes, uh, hinky sometimes. Slightly deformed. Um, I mean, I, I just—I hate to keep going back to this. When did he? Own, here's just if you if you don't know what we're talking about. So, uh, so Sarah bought as a Christmas gift a T-shirt for her then boyfriend. So the boyfriend and Sarah have the bust up on Monday. This last Monday, like four days ago. That night after the bust up, Sarah goes home. The gift has arrived in the mail to give to the boyfriend. Oh, and, and actually two of them because they felt bad about delivering it late. So, but this is a replica of a shirt he used to own. Yes. It is a iron on of a dog, and then it says, "No, seriously, who let the effing dogs out?" At what point in his life did he own the original shirt? High school? No, like two say years yes. ago. Uh huh. Did you? I mean, did you? Have you ever seen the shirt? No, I've seen pictures of it because he showed me. <gasps> These are pictures of my favorite shirt. Yes, actually, wow, pretty compelling conversation. Yeah, that's uh, all right. And uh, so he would show he did you. Actually, yeah, show me pictures. Be like, that was my favorite shirt, and I, I let somebody like he sold it to somebody for twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why? 
I don't know. He said he was having a party and somebody really liked his shirt and they offered him 20 bucks for it. And I like, wouldn't sell my favorite shirt. I wouldn't sell my favorite shirt. I'm trying to think. What is your favorite T-shirt? Go. Single best T-shirt you own. Ooh, I'm a really rad Murder City Devils one. Okay. And, but, it, and it shouldn't be because it's like rare or worth money or whatever. I mean, just your single favorite T-shirt. Probably my Linda's T-shirt from uh, Seattle. Okay. All right. See? Very comfortable. It's like somebody part of like, Not too tight. Not too big. I mean, issues of having to take off your shirt in public notwithstanding. If somebody parties like, I'll give you $20 for that, you wouldn't sell it. No. No, because it's, 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 it's a T-shirt. People love their T-shirts. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do that. So um, so the idea that he sold it at a party for $20 and then was like longingly showing you photos of like... Not some people once, show you photos of like a pet or like maybe a car they used to have or like... Well, this, hence the robotiness. This I mean, is my first home. This is my favorite shirt. I miss it every day. Seriously. I mean, no, no, no. Let me, it's like, it's like, you know. It's like, true. It's like it was a picture of a pet, but it was his shirt. It's not like he'd gone to Yellowstone and wanted to show you like a geyser. I mean, this is sort of like a, and slide number five is another shot of the shirt. Now here you can see it from the side. He did show me several pictures of the shirt. And so that's what, you know, being the nice lady I am, I'm like, well, he's always talking about this damn shirt. So maybe I can find it for him. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to diminish that because again, it shows that you were. Uh, it shows you were really listening. You understood him as a person. And you know what? Rather than just getting him like a gift certificate or like, hey, here's a video game crap thing. Like you just like you actually went and got something that meant something. You it was meaningful. It was a meaningful gift, which he will now never see. But that's fine. But now you just. But now you're stuck with two shirts <laughs> that a not only do you not want, but you like anti want because they're like from from the ex boyfriend. Yeah, plus, like, I don't really know anybody else who would wear something like this. I mean, what are your options uh, for this? I have no idea. Have you thought, have you asked if you could refund them to Cafe Press so you no, could then buy yourself yet. something with the money? I haven't yet. You should look into that. But I probably can't refund bo- both of them because they gave me the second one free. All right, I'm going to make a note to this, and we're going to, we'll deal with this very soon. Yeah, I need some advice on what to do with this because it's, it can't stay in here, and I don't <laughs> want it, but... Richie was like, hang in the studio, which I think is not a, not a good idea. I don't know, that's probably something you don't want to look at every day. Probably not. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Yes. God love you, Sarah. You've got to quit giving so much attention to the damn shirt because the boyfriend is the shirt. Yes. What do you mean? Oh, I'm saying the more you talk about the shirt, the more your boyfriend thinks you still like him. Oh. Even as we're plotting well, to like I just want to get rid it. of it, and then it shall Yeah, be but no, it's just too much attention. You either need to wear the damn shirt in front of people you don't care about, or give them away or whatever on the radio. That's what I kind of want to just give it away. You should clean the base of your toilet, Sarah. I'm, but I'm not that spiteful. I just I don't really care. I just kind of have the shirt. Like, maybe someone will think it's funny. I kind of do want to give it to somebody. If I think Give it on the radio. People will do weird things for a bad shirt. That really is true. No, uh-huh. that's... I mean, I saw... Look, I saw a guy eat a bowl of crickets one time for a Garth Brooks shirt. So. There you go. But uh, I'm telling you, the second you give those suckers away, stop talking about them. Absolutely. Look, I love you. Because you feel like it's holding on to baggage. Luckily, and I think... This is the way to let him go. I, yeah, but I think it's, this is kind of like saying I'm talking about the shirt that I gave you. I still like you. Oh, I see. So you think it might be misinterpreted as like, no, yeah. dude, she's still talking about oh, you. Oh, no, I, I, I misinterpret it. Yeah, but I misinterpret it, and I'm a smart married woman. All right. Well, there you go. Well, we'll try to, uh, we'll try to resolve the shirt issue today. Okay, good call. Right, Love you guys. Go. Thank you. One more, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? How you doing? Hello. I have a good shirt idea. Okay. Um, I was at the North Bank thing. I was uh, really, really drunk on whiskey wearing a really obnoxious shirt, and I hope I didn't bug you guys too much. Well, that seems unlikely. <laughs> I don't know. Something about being at a cross-dressing thing in a gay bar kind of made me and my buddies nervous. We drank a lot of Jameson. <laughs> but 
I'm going to be drinking in downtown Vancouver tonight, very close by there. And if you just happen to find yourself there, you can always just bring the shirt and I'll wear it and make fun of it. You're going to be drinking in downtown Vancouver tonight. Yes, because I'm lame and don't want to drive all the way to Portland. Where are you drinking? I'm going to be at the Dublin Down. So, and so if you just happen to be there and Sarah, like, you know, happened to, like, driving to Vancouver. If if, if you just want to go to Vancouver and hang out in a cool little dive bar with pickled eggs and a whole lot of Jameson. Who doesn't like pickled eggs? I love pickled eggs Jameson. They have miso drinks there you can get, too, which is pretty wonderful. But I'll just happen to be there uh, probably getting myself intoxicated a little bit. That sounds like a fine establishment. It is a wonderful establishment. I think I might have to check that establishment out. What's it called, sir? It's called the Dublin Down. It's on 8th and Main Street, downtown Vancouver, in the heart of the ghetto Vancouver. Note to self. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. All right there you go. Thank you. All right. There you go. There's that, that guy. Yeah. That's hilarious. That is perhaps something to put on your social calendar, sir. You know, I think I might have to swing by there this evening. Uh, 503-733-2970. We'll take a break. Come back after this. Around the corner, I'll be joined by our good friend Don Taylor at the news desk. Later on, top five. Top five montage songs from a film. Uh, Dorothy Casasari from the National Enquirer and more. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We are back after this. Here's Motorhead. Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. By the way, here's a little fun fact. What is that, a hospital? Best Kaiser? Is that the hospital here in Portland? Kaiser? Best Kaiser. Oh, Kaiser I Best. I think there's a hospital then. But... Best Western? No, it's... Where are you getting, Where are you getting that injury treated? Ah, uh, the Best Western. I think Best Kaiser is a hospital here in Portland. Anyway, here's a little fun fact about that. Uh, you know, when, you're, uh, when your baby uh, comes out... Uh, there's the, like you know the uh, where it's got to be you know they have the little the the, the, the uh, yeah the the uh, yeah and then like the little warming sort of lamp you know what they call that thing there the employees they call it a baby oven just so you know go warm up the baby oven uh, let's see that's magical Rick no I, it, I only made I only made that note to myself because my sister worked there once and my sister told me that she was taking me on a tour and she's like those are the baby ovens we don't call them that in front of patients. <laughs> Um, and your friend Kelsey was here the other day, and she was talking about uh, she worked at a local coffee establishment that no longer exists. And she was talking about how there's only five kinds of coffee customers. And then she started to reel them off, and I made her stop. I'm like, no, 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 you got to wait until you can come back. So at some point, I've made, this, this, I'm filing this away. We don't have time to do it now. I'm filing this away as a show we're going to do at some point where we're going to talk to people from various fields, various careers, retail, corporate you know, whatever it is, any, you know, you know, just like, you know, delivery guys, repair guys, whatever it is. Now, the people from various fields, and I'm going to ask you uh, the three kinds of customers you hate the most. So there you go. That's not going to be today, probably. I don't think we have time. But uh, because I want to have Kelsey come in and talk about the, uh, like, the coffee folks. And, uh, and she can censor herself, too, because I know you got a little panicked about putting her on the air. Because cause the first thing out of her mouth was mouth, like, mother effer. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, and all these a-holes. And I'm like, seriously, I'm like, oh, ixnay. <laughs> All right, it's 503-733-2970 coming up here in just a skosh. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent uh, Ed McCarthy. We also got Steve Kastenbaum coming up. Don Taylor from Film.com will be lending us a hand with the news today. 
This is the thing I meant to say before uh, we take these calls. Uh, then we're going to uh, do some other whatnot. So as you know, uh, you know, we uh, what is today? The eighth. So it was a month ago. Yeah. God, oh God damn! It was, was a month, month ago, ago that Tim that Tim's last day. It's already been a month. I mean, I know we had some holidays in there, but still, Jesus. Wow, that's weird. Doesn't seem like it's been a month. I mean, it seems like it's been. I miss him. Has it been more? Does it seem longer or or shorter to you that it period seems of like time? Forever. I mean, it really does seem. Like, seems like it. We've only like done like, like ten shows between. <laughs> Something like that. Wow, it's been a month. So of course, uh, so Tim. Well, it wasn't. And to be fair, you know, I always want to make the point that it wasn't. It wasn't just him. There's other people here at CBS, and in fact, it wasn't just CBS. It wasn't just radio. Um, you know, December I think was a bad month for a lot of companies. Because uh, just you know, a lot of those, a lot of the, a lot of those layoffs happening like right before the end of the year, always the best time. So, uh, so anyway, in the absence of laid-off news director Tim Riley, we've been having uh, that slot sort of handled by other laid-off Portland media professionals, and we've had uh, a couple folks come back more than once. We've had some folks who had been here once that will probably come back again in the future. But we're trying to slot in as many new people as we sort of can. And we had Chuck Knopf, who was the former uh, news guy at KWJJ and KPAM. He was in on Monday. Uh, coming tomorrow, we will have uh, we, uh, tomorrow Liz Hummer, who is the editor at LivePDX.com. Awesome. Next week, Stacy Wilson, who is the associate, who was the associate editor at PortlandMonthly.com. And I don't know if I should use his name or not. Uh, a, a former colleague of Sarah and I's, we just found out he was laid off yesterday, and I, I shouldn't say his name on the air. I'm going to ask him first. But okay. you know how the guy I talked to you about you yeah. know, for the show? I, I heart him. I dig him. I hope that he wants to come on. I don't think he's... Here's why I don't think... And then I'll move forward because we're talking about a, a guy whose name we can't say on the air. But somebody, Sarah and, I, Sarah and I and Tim, actually, there's a guy we used to work with. He was the news guy in Portland for a long time. I think also brought here by Bruce Agler. I think he's yet another, like, Aglerized... And people who have listened for a few years would know who it is. Exactly. You would know... You would all know who I'm talking about, if only I could say. But he's a. I had no idea he was still in town. He was uh, working at one of the other. Uh, he was uh, he was uh, working at a, at, a, at a news station here in town. I think until and yesterday. Until, until yesterday. Okay. Tim actually, of all people, told me about it. Tim Tim forwarded me the email. Tim's like, hey, so and so got laid off. And here, can I tell you, Sarah? Here is why I heart Tim Riley, and I really do. And of course, he, as, as I say, and it's not just uh, me mouthing these. He's never far from our thoughts. You can hear his podcast every day. By the way, it's at Riley Live. Dot com. For easily three ninety nine a month. That's right. It, well worth it, Sarah. Mm-hmm. A bargain at twice the price. Uh, RileyLive.com. And again, who uh, you know, we'll, we will see what the uh, what the future holds uh, for Tim Riley and the Rick Emerson Show. But at the, in the meantime, we're having some of these other laid off folks fill in for him. This is how great a person Tim Riley is. I'm sitting at home last night and I'm uh, you know watching um, you know watching the Anderson Cooper and I'm checking email on my exciting new MacBook, which has keys just like the softest, most alluring chiclets. And as I'm typing away, I get the new mail indicator. I look there, and it's an email from Tim Riley. And Tim says, hey, so-and-so just got laid off. Maybe you should talk to him about filling in on the news hour. So, I mean, that's how great, that is how great Tim is. That Tim, actually, his first thought to me, Tim's first thought and his first suggestion was, you should call the guy and have him come fill in at my, my old gate. So did you guys get along? Uh, this person and yeah. I? I uh... Sort of. I mean, he, we got along, but he I looks was, like you. I seem. I feel like he might be annoyed by your tomfoolery. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. And so, but I do have to again say how great it was that Tim not only tipped me off to the guy getting laid off, but Tim's first suggestion was that I should have him in to you know to be here, which is you know. So that's that is because Tim is a. It's because Tim is a stand-up guy. Tim Riley is a, is the embodiment of professionalism. But this friend of ours who was laid off yesterday from what we'll call another station. Uh, 
I know you guys got along, and I would say that he and I had a certain professional politeness between us, but I also get the feeling he was horrified by the fact that we called this news. Because mm-hmm. he was one of those real, like, he was one of those real, like, objective, like, hard-boiled, like, straight-shooting guys that took his news very... I remember one time, years and years ago, he filled in for Tim on, on, one of, on the old KFTK show. Tim was gone at the dentist or something. <laughs> this guy filled in. And he was like, he was great, but he's like way more straight-laced even than like Bob Costantini, and without all the time to break his spirit. So he was he was doing a news story at some point, and I said, you know, I said, well, that guy's just a jackass. Wouldn't you agree, you know, news guy? And he said, well, Rick, as a newsman, it would be improper of me to weigh in with any sort of uh, subjective opinion or editorial comment. I'll leave that to pundits. I'm here to give people the facts. And then there was just like this long sort of, Awkward silence as I realized the next 40 minutes was going to be me trying to be funny and him disapproving. That being said, he's been fired, so who knows? Um, oh. So uh, I'll drop him an email today. But um, okay. but listen, to drop him an email. Please do. That might work better. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Use my name at the very end. Also, Rick Emerson will be there. Uh, but tomorrow, uh, Liz Summer from Live P- formerly of LivePDX.com. Next week, Stacy Wilson uh, from Portland Monthly, and uh, I believe Dave Schmicky will be uh, paying us a return visit as well. So. Uh, it's 503-733-2970 for today. Hello, though, let's uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, our good friend, uh, film critic and chocolatier to the world, Don Taylor. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm a little tired, but other than that, I'm good. All right. Now, you don't look tired at all. Thank you so much look for radiant. coming in. Yeah. Like, by the way, Don came in as the last minute. It, but, yeah, that's, we, yeah, there was someone who, uh, someone who was, uh, who was booked for today, and then, uh, and then it all kind of fell apart at the And last God minute. bless her, because Rick kept saying, no, 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 it's okay. We don't need anybody. We could just do the show ourselves. I was, oh, my God, no. I, I was ready to spin all the plates myself. You know what I mean? It's Circus of the Stars style. It's so sad, though, that, you know, you guys know that. It's like, ah, call Don. She's not doing anything. No, no, no. Nah, the sad thing is, I wasn't. No, you no. were the only person that we called. <laughs> you you were the only one we called. You were you were our first and last choice today. Oh, thank you. And really, really, if you would not been available, if the Sarah's horror, would I would have I would have plunged on ahead and done it myself. Ah, I would have been bold. I'm just like, but Rick, there's so much good news. He's like, oh, we, we'll figure it out. It's that, no problem. That, no, see, you're I, gonna have Richie come in maybe and do it. And I was way more confident than Sarah was. Like, because again, just back up for a second. So. Just to restate, and you can find out more. I posted a new blog about this today, but the RickEmerson.com. But yeah, so so each day we're having somebody who who has worked in Portland media, but is currently between assignments, come in, fill in at the news desk. Um, and so you know the good news about that is, well, there is no good news about it. Uh, there's 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 degrees of there's degrees of good and there's degrees of weird. The good news, bad news is there's a lot of people being laid off right now. Um, I guess the good news for us is, you know, that we get to, you know, we get to experience, you know, that we get to give people a lot of, you know, some exposure. We get to have, you know, a lot of folks who maybe are without a forum right now come on and do whatever. But the thing I've learned is, like, even the unemployed have, like, schedules they got to keep and stuff that comes up, which is weird. I guess in my head I just sort of figure, because when I'm unemployed, I don't, I, I do nothing. Like, jack. I sit on the sofa and I stare blankly into the middle distance waiting for the phone to ring. And it never does, but as a result, I'm always there, like, if anybody needs me for anything. So... I'm semi-employed, so it's that sort of thing of like, well, I can work on the story I'm supposed to write, or I could watch a Gilmore Girls rerun. That's right. And, oh, Rick called. Okay, yeah. I'll go do the radio. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so the long and the short is, you know, we're sort of like we're scheduling folks to come in, and but every now and again we'll get somebody who, despite their unemployment, has to bail out at the last minute. They're just not able to make it in. So I came in today, and, uh, and I said, hey, by the way, so-and-so isn't going to be able to make it in today. And Sarah said, what are we going to do? And I'm like, no problem, baby. I'll, just, I'll, I'll do it myself. And so I was all prepared to be to be both broadcaster and bloviator, like in terms of the news. Like I was going to tell, I was going to give you the news and tell you what to think about it. 
And Sarah, and this is really why why Sarah continues to uh, this is why Sarah continues to be worth her weight in titanium. Sarah just looked at me and she goes, "No." And she just sort of like shook her head. She's like, "That's that's that's a that's not gonna that's a bad idea. Who can we who let's get Richie in here? Let somebody." And I said, "No, I, I can do it. I'm a bro- I've done this show for ten years." And Sarah's. No, it's not going to work. Um, we could call Don Taylor. And I'm like, fine, we call Don Taylor. <laughs> uh, but you were our first and last choice. But, uh, and obviously but with such here. pleasure and cleat. No, 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 no. It's not that I'm not glad. I'm just saying I felt like that was my moment to show, hey, look, Rick Emerson. I Rick, think you would have been magnificent. Rick Emerson can no. be as – I am <laughs> – I like to think of myself as a sort of uh, as a sort of verbal Swiss Army knife, Don Taylor. But uh, that's the one with the spoon on it too, and also that weird little toothpicky thing that comes out of the side. Oh, the weird little plastic toothpicky. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Can I say this about toothpicks? Oh God. This is why it's a mistake. Well, you by the way, talking for... about the life's basic things today, it's like toilet paper and toothpick. <laughs> this is why Sarah wouldn't wasn't going to let me do the news hour by myself because it would have been a whole lot of me going. And well, let me ask you this thing about do you remember those uh, pens that came out that had an eraser on the end, but the eraser didn't work? Why was it there? Was it just like a placeholder until they came out with an eraser that did work? Sound like Andrew Dice Clay. See, but that's see, so that's why I can't be left alone on the show for too much time. Well, I'm going to say this one thing about toothpicks <laughs> because I've already teased it, and then we'll move. Then we'll actually do the news here. Um, I know this makes me sound like like a tard, but I don't know how to use toothpicks, and here's what I mean by that: toothpicks seem like a thing. That used in almost any way are going to damage your teeth or gums. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like I don't know what what exactly what are you supposed to do with that? Because I mean, doesn't it seem like you're going to be jabbing your gums with that and then causing inflammation and bleeding and so forth? I mean, I guess if there's something, but if there's something absolutely wedged between your teeth, in other words, not under your gum line, if there's something actually wedged between your teeth, no toothpick going to get that out. That's not going to work at all. You'd need like a, you know, you need a thing, you need like a fingernail or something for that to get like a real to get leverage on it. What? Never mind. Let's uh, begin the news hour with Don Taylor. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. So, there's this woman, 37 years old. <laughs> 37. Named Mirella Gradinaru, arrives at a clinic in Romania asking doctors to please remove the can of hairspray that's stuck in her butt. Don Taylor. You know, <laughs> out of the gate right there. Way to go. That's what I'm talking about. This is a, uh, you'll forgive the pun, this is like a sister piece to that story we had last week about the vicar, uh, the, the clergyman in Britain who's like, I've got this potato uh, I need you to remove. And they say, from where? And he goes, well, it's my ass. And then and then he was like the whole cleaning and then he fell on a potato thing. So this is a, sort of a companion piece to that. Excellent. Yeah, the, the doctor said they uh, had to do x-rays to localize the object, and then they operated on her to dislodge the canister. All right. This is, by the way, this is a medical story that we are reading here uh, in the news hour uh, uh, of the Rick Emerson Show. On this case, in the Portland, a news talk radio station operating in the public interest, convenience, and necessity. Let me ask you this. Oh. I had like nine thoughts there that I'll try to come out at once. They had to do an X-ray. I, that implies well, that you can't even, that it couldn't be seen even with the aid of some sort of implement. Yeah, and they had to operate on her, so that means it was fairly. Did well, you see the picture? The X-ray? Is yes. There, there, is there a picture? Of there. It, is it a like, metal can of hers? It's up around her pelvis. It's like here. Hold on. <laughs> wow, that's like in the belly button area. 
That's not, this is fake. This can't be real. And as the doctor says, this wasn't just a little can of deodorant. This was a massive can of hairspray. Like one of those Aquanet cans. I was just going to say, now this is in Romania, so you know that it, well, you know it wasn't plastic. Everything over there is just made out of uh, metal and cancer. Yeah. I guess they can't actually afford good sex toys in Romania. <laughs> hey, don't you still have that, uh, you like an Aquanet in there? Let's see. Shock surgeon forced to use a can of hairspray. I love this. Arrived at the clinic. They don't say walk to the clinic. or They don't they, they don't make it clear how she got there. Waddled. <laughs> Seriously, rolled herself to the clinic, screaming all the way, begging docs to help. She refused to tell surgeons how the can came to be lodged in her insides. Well, this shouldn't make up that story about, like, backing into it or something. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, she was very embarrassed. She was getting a lot of pain. This was not a can of deodorant. This was a massive can of... But you're right. I mean, this is like... You, this is not just in the... This is, like, above the pelvis. This is, like, up near her ribs. It's like the size of a landmine. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying. If there's something I don't want to have... Um... Like, I mean, who would look at that and be like, I want that inside of me. I know. Right I, you know, honey, you know what would be a really good idea right now? I grab the hairspray. You know what? And and look, I think I can speak for everyone, man, woman, gay, straight, Gentile, or Jew. You don't want anything the size of a landmine jabbed inside of you. I mean, really. I think unless unless you're that. I mean, unless you, unless you're like that that woman in Kansas who just had her seventeenth baby. The, you that's no. No, I, I'll pass on that. All right. I'd like to thank you for coming out strong, by the way, Don. I like to come right out of the gate with the classy uh, material. Like the, uh, the extreme always does make an impression. All right. Here's Don Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the uh, Longview Daily News is reporting that the city of Kelso is under evacuation due to flooding. Uh, the newspaper says uh, that there are fears that the Cowieman River... Is that how you pronounce that? Cowie man? I don't know. But here's, here's the thing is that almost never will anybody in the room know how to pronounce it correctly. So you can always kind of punt in the Northwest because, uh, like, the, the odds are very slim that somebody's going to be around to be able to give you the answer. And it's probably not going to be pronounced the way you think it's going to be pronounced. And it sounds like the town's going to be washed away and, you know, gone anyway. Apparently so. there was a uh, – the river is breaching the dike, which I – And this is in Kelso? In Kelso. And, yeah, the area includes the airport, industrial area, South Kelso, residences, and the Three Rivers Mall. See, here's, okay, let me just say this about that. So, when we had the, uh, you know, the, the snow and the so forth last month, and there was all this discussion, a lot of it from me, about how, like, the thing with Portland is it snows just often enough to screw everything up, but it doesn't snow often enough that we want to put in the infrastructure. In other words, we're not going to pay for, like, snow plows. We, we won't even put salt on the goddamn roads. I mean, for the love of... Anyway, it, so we have you know, we have this abject lack of uh, of infrastructure to deal with snow when it falls because it doesn't happen very often. This is from rain. It rains here five months a year. <laughs> Pass a bond, a levy, yeah. raise our taxes by a nickel, something. At this point, I mean, Oregon's been a state for what, like a century and a half or something. At this point, there is no excuse for not being prepared for water coming out of the sky and screwing things up. That's a thing you ought to have planned for by now. Anyway. Well, officials feel there is a 50% chance the river will breach the levee. The Red Cross is prepared to shelter at least 3,000 people across the county. And uh, Cowlitz County declared a state of emergency earlier right. today. Well, there you go. So if you're, uh, if you're there, you ought to be living somewhere else anyway. All right, here's Don Taylor at the uh, news desk. Well, a, uh, a couple 
uh, in somewhere else that I can't pronounce. Uh, is this also in Croatia? I have no idea where this right. is. This is one of those uh, Tim Riley, the print is too small for me to read things. So, see, um, anyway, I believe this is. This looks like it was probably in Hawaii. It is. This is in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Is there like an apostrophe halfway through it? Well, it's well, yeah, all made uh, up a bunch like five O's in a yeah, row. Yeah, too many, too many vowels. Yes. Yeah. and and plus a junior Stowers, which sounds like he should be from Alabama, but his fiance is named Mele Maikai. So I'm guessing um, the Hawaii. You know, the Hawaiian alphabet only has 16 letters. Really? Yes. Anyway, the uh, couple was intent on putting flowers on their family burial plot and were shocked over the weekend to find their graves were excavated and the coffins were exposed. Wait a minute. Hold on. Is this a, is this a grave watch? Of oh, darn. It says on the side, corpse right. watch. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go back up. and big black print right <laughs> in the middle of the page. We'll back up and do this again. I'm fantastic. <laughs> Excellent, Pam. It's been too long since we've had one of these. Okay, here's Don Taylor with your corpse watch. Five or six times I might actually figure out how to do this. Nah, it's okay. So the uh, couple were uh, shocked over the weekend when they went to put flowers on the family burial plot plot to find that the graves were excavated, the coffins were exposed. Junior Stowers, 39, and his fiance Mele Maikai, arrived about 9.20 a.m. on Saturday to visit the graves of his mother uh, and aunt and uncle at Valley of the Temples Memorial Park. The grave was wide open, said Stowers. It was like bringing back memories from when she passed away. Which I'm not sure I get that. It's like... I don't know. I mean, it, I, does it say... I mean, I hate to ask it. Does it say how long she'd been buried? Because, uh, I mean, it's one thing if it was last week. It's another thing if it was, like, during the Carter administration. Yeah. This is, uh, was there an explanation? Well, it would long? probably be worse if it was last week. I well, suppose that's true. Apparently he was baffled by this. He <laughs> says that at first uh, the unearthed caskets and displaced grave markers confused him. Yeah, I would think so. I went around in circles about four times, not knowing that it was my mom's grave site. I mean, I gotta say, I mean, just speaking for me, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm... Uh, Maybe I'm kooky about these things. If I'm going to a cemetery at any point, and you just start seeing a bunch of graves that are dug up and things that are exposed, that's when you get in your car and you drive away, just on the off chance. You know what I mean? Well, there was a simple explanation for this. Uh-huh. Well, maybe not a simple explanation. But uh, they were told by a cemetery official that... Clerical uh, error? In preparing a new grave site that was just a few inches away from that one, apparently, like, they overshot oh. with the shovel or something, and uh, the... Uh, there was not. There was so much groundwater filling the hole that the vault, quote, just kind of slid over. <laughs> uh, so weird. I do, You know. I here's the thing. I don't understand. I'm not. Uh, we don't. And I don't even really. We don't even really talk about it. I just don't understand at this point why anybody would opt for that for like the tra- quote traditional burial over the cremation, because it just seems like that's just just that's just like generations of ick that you are foisting on. You know. Because look, here's the thing: it, it, the people keep uh, popping children out like they're like they're, like they're the answer to all of life's problems. And there's only so much real estate on this on this planet. So eventually, someone's going to have to dig you up. Maybe not today. Maybe not ten years from now. Someday, there's going to be some minimum wage with a shovel guy who's going to have to stop moving everything around, and it's just going to be a bunch of unpleasant sloshing. And I don't want to contribute to that. It's so, also incredibly expensive. It's unbelievably expensive. It's amazingly expensive, and just to, to get somebody made up and dressed and put in an incredibly expensive and well-crafted, you know, piece of furniture that gets dropped in the ground. Seriously, no, no, no. I mean that is 
that is the definition of disposable income, I think. If you're going to buy like a $7,000 piece of furniture that you're going to use once for like two hours. Do you know what I mean? When my mother died, I knew I was going to have her cremated and I called around and I, and I, I was really... Please tell me you were bargain shopping. I was. And I was really surprised to find the, the gross uh, variation in cost of a cremation because I think they assume most people won't bother to shop around. So you call a funeral home and they'll quote, like $3,000 for a cremation, then I find this one place that it's, uh, uh, we're, we're it's a cemetery like, with their own crematorium on site, and I call them, and it's like $1,200. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. And did you sort of, did you bring it up? Did you go like, no, 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 no. that guy down the road was saying it was like, did you? Did yeah. You, and so what was their explanation? Did well, they give you, did they try to peddle some list of, quote, services that made the more expensive cremation worthwhile? Well, actually, I didn't. I called the, the crematorium place last, so I didn't really have to deal with it. But actually, my if I may, my favorite part of the whole thing was I had to go into uh, the crematorium how place great and talk it, to the guy. I just want to say how great it is that like you had a favorite part of the whole cremation process. Well, I went. It was it was a horrible experience. All of this, but I had to go and I'd talk to the guy and make the arrangements. And we're talking, and he's he's talking to me in the nice, you know, calming tone. Right. And he said, you know, did your mother have any uh, any implants or like say a uh, metal uh, plate, artificial heart, yeah, or anything like that? And I said, no, she didn't. And I went. Oh, you have to ask that because it would like blow up in the oven, huh? Is that, oh, and he is that goes, true? he goes, yes, yes. That's why I said, has it ever happened? And all of a sudden, he like dropped the calm demeanor. Right. He went, yeah, it happened once. It was like a gunshot. It scared the hell out of me <laughs> because someone had breast implants and they didn't. Say no, they had a, if, if you have a like a artificial heart. Because it must, because it's sealed. Yeah. Because to function, pro- that actually makes sense. Because to pro- function properly as a heart, it's got to be sealed. It can't leak, obviously. And so the pressure must build up inside. You know what it is, Sarah? It's like microwaving. Uh, it's like microwaving an egg. But it was, or a sausage. It was so much fun to see the funeral guy just drop his. Because his, he must wait. He must just have tons of stories he can't tell anybody, right? He must have to go into some like <laughs> alt undertaker, like anonymous gossip, whatever, to, like to share any of these stories, uh, because. Because you can't really just be doing with the average consumer, you know. Let me tell you, you don't know about stench. Let me, you know, and I mean, it's like you can't, you know. So he must be waiting for the, the person to come in where that is just sort of the repository in which he can tell all of these <laughs> anecdotes. So the inappropriate client sure says, "Ooh, it would blow up, huh?" It's, yeah, I love this woman. Right. Yeah. Uh, is this now? Do we have a double? Is this a double? Excellent. Here's the second yeah. half of your corpse watch. Uh, a funeral firm has apologized to two families for a graveside blunder. Which was it a grave a mistake? <laughs> well, that would be a great name for a band, too. Grave mistake. Graveside blunder. Yeah. Uh, which the wrong man was buried and then his coffin exhumed without permission and secretly replaced with the correct one. Uh, apparently the burial had gone ahead despite the vicar raising concerns that perhaps they shouldn't do this since the coffin had the wrong name on it. Uh, he was also alerted by a seven-year age difference on the plaque and the crucifix emblem on the coffin normally associated with Catholic burials and not the Anglican service he was conducting. So he said, oh, that's the wrong name and the wrong religion. <laughs> and and so they had to like, so then they had to dig everything up. Sort of, wouldn't, couldn't you just move the, but there's two burial sites, right? Uh, yeah. So couldn't you just move the headstones? No. This is really, why not? Because, uh, for one thing, those things are really heavy, and I think they're installed. Oh, that's right. They, and they must be mounted. And actually buy real estate in Oh, that's true. I guess you cemeteries. couldn't. That's true. And so, like, you don't, like, it's like a keeping up with the Joneses thing. Like, you don't want to have to, like, right. you don't have to slum it. Like, some, the other guy's, like, at some pauper's it grave or whatever. Well, the uh, pastor, reverend guy, apparently, he told uh, staff that he thought there had been a mistake, but the female funeral director there said, nope, there's been no mix-up. Uh, the guy had two names. <laughs> 
They must they must dig in their heels on that, knowing that probably the majority of people, even if they suspect something has gone wrong with the burial, are just so horrified by the concept of pursuing it or digging it up or moving anything around that they're just going to go, fine, whatever, and they'll just, you know, they'll just pull the ripcord right then and there. So speaking of which, by the way, just speaking of graves really quickly, here's really the only upside of my trip to Provo. I got my uh, photo taken went next to Philo Farnsworth's uh, gravesite. Nice. Yeah, it's, there's actually his grave, uh, him and his wife, um, Emma, I think. And um, so it's, it's Philo Farnsworth's grave, which it, where it just says, like, devoted whatever, you know, devoted embittered drunk guy who died, you know, penniless uh, and unloved. There's that, but then even though he didn't graduate from BYU, Mormons never Mormons never miss a chance to claim somebody as one of their own. Uh, I mean, they just it's like they get so few opportunities for like mainstream, you know, for mainstream recognition in some way that's not I mean, 89 times out of 100, it, when you see the LDS church in the news, it's because they're leading a guy out of a Texas compound in handcuffs, and there's a bunch of 12-year-old girls in bonnets being put into a protective van behind him. I mean, let's just call it what it is, friends. So anytime it's like, you know, something like the Twilight books or uh, Mitt Romney, it's like they glom like, like they have never glommed before to try to get, you know, some sort of non-bad press coverage. So even though Philo Farnsworth dropped out of BYU, BYU really kind of claims him as one of their own, so they actually, BYU, paid to have a whole separate marker put up. And this is the one I got my uh, my picture taken in front of when I was in Provo last week, and I'll put it up on my, uh, my space page later. But it's just me next to the thing, and it says Philo Farnsworth, and then it's so great in huge letters, it just says, The Father of Television, in like massive letters, which is great. So. You should have had that picture taken wearing bunny ears. <laughs> She's on Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. We'll take a break, and she'll return at the news desk. That was your Double Corpse Watch. For Thursday. I'm digging up phones. I'm digging up phones. Zooming things that's better left alone. I'm resurrecting memories of a love that's dead and gone. Yet tonight I'm sitting alone. Digging up Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. All right. Uh, Richie Bristol, will you come to the studio, please? You have to play a sounder, Rick. It's been forever. I'm sorry. Hold on. Where did I go? Richie, will you... Uh... Are we doing anything else? <laughs> Richie Bristol to the uh, to the Game 970 studio, please. All right. All right. Hello, Richie. Hello. How's the rash? Rash? Yeah. Actually, I think it's an allergy now. Oh, so you're admitting really? you have a rash? What? What? No, not the rash. I don't know. Is it more of an inflammation or what a are scaling? What you to the rash if you don't have one? What? If you don't have a rash, how can we keep referring is to the part rash? Of your, is part of your body red and inflamed at this are moment? Are there boils involved? No. People want boils. to know. Are there skin tags? No. I cut them all with scissors. Ah. Were there more? Moving on. No, I keep, I keep trimming my dingleberries. I don't think that word means what you think it means. A dingleberry okay. is a berry that dingles. It, it could be a little skin tag or other things. Please don't speak anymore. <laughs> that being said, okay, so what is it? We've got Ed McCarthy and Steve Kastenbaum on hold at the same time as we speak. We did. No, he's, he's, he's right there. We told Steve to get lost. I mean, uh, it's a callback. Okay, so he's, not, so he's not on hold right now. No. Because the screen says he is. Uh, I erased it. It's just... All right, okay. Just checking. All right. Thank you, Richard. You may go now. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. 
Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the South, CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy joining us now. Hello, Rick. Hello, Ed. How are How you today? How are you? I'm okay. I'm sorry. There was a little... Did you give, did you give Kastenbaum the, the bum's rush? Is there that what a, happened? Yeah, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle there. That's why I had Richie come in, because, you know, we had this sort of second phone line installed just for such an occurrence, because occasionally we'll get, you know, the warm line is busy, and then you know, somebody needs to, you know, needs to get a hold of us, and so they'll go into the second bank of calls, uh, the second bank of phone lines. And so I was looking at the screen right now, and occasionally we get them sort of stacked up like planes coming into O'Hare, oh, yeah. you know? And I wanted to make sure that we uh, that everything was organized correctly, but apparently uh, apparently Steve's uh, Steve's schedule was such that uh, we will be speaking with him at, a, at an, on another day, sir. How are you, my friend? How are things? It sounds like you have a sophisticated system there. Well, it's it's what we do. You know, CBS means quality, my friend. There you go. Uh, all right. Hey, how was your New Year's, by the way? Was it uh, the you exemplary? Know, not too bad. Pretty uneventful. Uh, you know, just kind of looking at the new year and thinking it's a lot like the old year, I guess. Well, I mean, it was, you and I had had that discussion that I think heading in the New Year's, almost everybody I knew, there, like, no one was, you know, because some years are like, no, 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 I have this New Year's party and I've been planning for it for seven months and it's oh, going to be yeah. the largest. But this, man, last weekend, it was everybody I knew who celebrated New Year's, it consisted of them and perhaps three other people sitting at home on the sofa, drinking a lot and just watching the television. I mean, that was, it was a low-key event. Very low-key, I thought, this year. Absolutely. For a lot of people. So you, I, I know that Oregon is in the news right now because of this tax that they're they're sort of toying with, and I guess I don't know what the timeline is, when it's going to happen, when it's not. But on the, the Kulingoski is trying to roll out this thing in Portland where they want to tax you. If I understand this correctly, they want to start taxing you based on the mileage you drive in your car, not the gas you buy. I think is the way they want to do it. Isn't that interesting? I saw that in, in one of the newspaper articles out there uh, online. I, I thought that was amazing. And it's because and because this is like the time. I mean, there's all this this weirdness with the economy. So I right? said, so like states are trying to states are trying to roll out all these sort of odd left left of center uh, taxes. You know, the things that are sort of unconventional. Well, yeah, and, and backdoor taxes is probably a pretty good term for a lot of them. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, some of the folks that uh, are really adamantly against the taxing of America and, you know, anything new. Oh, we've even got it in Georgia. They're talking about, you know, and a lot of states have done this, the cigarette tax thing. You know, it's dumped 47 cents on a pack of cigarettes and see what happens with that. But the gas tax thing is, is the thing that's really foolish. I spoke with an economist who said that, you know, you do, you probably wanted to do that when it was $4 a gallon or more. Now it's going down. Now it's pretty blatant you're doing that. And in times when you're talking about, uh, you know, getting the uh, economy moving again with some kind of a stimulus, economic stimulus plan, this is really something that um, all the economists say is really uh, not the right thing to do, and it's very ill-timed. It does. I read something the other day. I think it was California said they were they were and probably not going to happen. I think California said they were they were they were toying with this idea of rolling out like an iPod tax or something. It was going to be a tax that went on to anything that involved the sharing, downloading, burning, reproducing, whatever of digital. Uh, media because they feel like there's so much being lost to the recording industry right. uh, that they're going to start like, so if you're buying like a big thing of blank CDs or if you're buying a thing whose sole purpose is to store digital music or whatever, that they're going to start dinging you for that at the tax register because they want to try to make up some of this uh, shortfall uh, that's hitting the entertainment industry. So it's a, uh, it's a strange time to be alive at McCarthy. Well, you know, they lost all this money uh, with foreclosures and everything else, property taxes, and now they're desperate to to make it up. 
a guy I spoke with from the uh, taxpayers union, the National Taxpayers Union, he says elected officials are just so desperate to try to bring in more revenue, they're looking for what they think is minimal pain. But he says the truth is there's no such thing as a painless tax increase. And you know, I mean, you know, you get taxed, you get nickeled and dimed to death. Right now, I mean, I think I speak for all of us uh, when I say that we know that it is uh, more than any other group. It really is the... Uh, it's the dumb that cost us a lot of money in the society. So I think we just ought to figure out, this is what you could do. This is you, this is what, they would enshrine you as a national hero. You want to figure out some way to tax stupidity. You know, I don't know how you do that. Some sort of a, some sort of a spreadsheet. You there know you what I mean? Where it's like, it's just like the lower your ranking, uh, you know, on the brain scale, like the more you really have to pick up the slack for the rest. I mean, like, if you, you know, if you're walking around the mall and some sort of ill-fitting, like, Winnie the Pooh shirt, like you know what? That's 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 like that's like a, another percent and a half right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Seriously, but I see you. You know, it, uh, so I just, I'm just making the observation. So you uh, see that guy over there? He should be taxed. Ex exactly. Ex <laughs> extended warranty? Why not? Tax. All right. Undercarriage code? Tax. Yeah. Uh, Ed McCarthy, you enjoy your day. Happy New Year, you. Thank sir. you, Rick. Uh, you also. Thank you, my friend. There you go. All right, Ed McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen. That Winnie the Pooh sweatshirt thing, uh, one of my friends, she refers to that as, oh, honey, no. Because <laughs> that's just what you say when you see people, like, oh, honey, no. Yes. Well, there's a whole, I mean, there's, I mean, we could, we, we, will, we will not because it's one of those things that would take over the, you know, the, the remaining, whatever, the, the two and a half hours of the show or something. But, I mean, you could do, there's this whole swath of clothing that, and I don't mean this in a, in a sarcastic way, where you really honestly do want to get the person, like when you see them, and it always, it's always at Lloyd Center, you want to get them and you want to sit them down in a room somewhere, and in the most non-threatening manner possible, so they know you're serious, you really do want to say, like, why did you buy this, and why are you wearing it right now? Of the many shirts that are undoubtedly in your own personal wardrobe, why are you wearing this shirt that has Tony Montana and Tony Soprano playing pool while Vito Corleone smokes a cigar in the background. Why is this the case? I mean, that you have chosen to, to to wear this out where other humans can see you. Please now to answer. And then just to sort of like, to see, I don't, I mean, I just don't really think like there's enough study going on in areas like that because I want to know, it's like I, I always talk about this, the, 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 speaker, the Lloyd Center is really just, it is like this, it is this fountain. It's like not a fountain of youth. It's like this fountain of trash, and it just gives and gives and gives. It is magical. It is this. Counting pregnant teenagers there is still one of my favorite things ever. It's like this Tigris and Euphrates of just of just weird and bad. And this store isn't even there anymore. But I, uh, I, there's some sort of discount gigaw emporium, and I walked in, and the thing I saw, like right out of the gate, it was a Dale Earnhardt touch lamp, um, and it was like the bad brass. <laughs> so it's the touch lamp. And that's like right next to the clapper in terms of things that seemed interesting for like five minutes about 15 years ago. So it's like the brass touch lamp, and then it's got the shade is like the glass panels. And the glass panels have like the smoky airbrushed like Earnhardt, like, but, he, but he's in a cloud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, like it's a, <laughs> see, you know what I'm talking about. Dale Earnhardt death lamp. <laughs> Seriously. So it's like a car speeding by. But, like, presumably his car, but it's all like a blur. But then above it is, like, a huge, fluffy, cumulus cloud with, like, his his visage sort of looking out, like, looking down to keep the other drivers safe. And, and But then it's like, but then, but then you know, and, but it's not just the lamp. It's the fact, here's the accoutrement that sells the lamp. It's the guy looking at it, picking up the price tag and peering at it to inspect the cost. It's the NASCAR fan who looks at that and goes, 
Oh, that is a way to honor <laughs> Dale Earnhardt. That is just oh, so... I need that in my home. That is just so classic. Now my so living classy. room is complete. <laughs> this will go right next to my uh, Barack Obama plate with his confident smile and kind eyes. I just bought one of those for someone for a birthday Did gift. You? I, I have no idea if she'll enjoy it or not. Final <laughs> thing about the Barack Obama plate? Uh, and then I'll move like forward so that Sarah doesn't come and punch me in the face. Well, here's the thing, Sarah, and I can tie it into you. Uh, on, uh, let's see, I guess it was Christmas Eve, uh, my wife and I, before we went to my father's place, uh, we went to that, whatever, the, the, the Peacock Lane, the, the, you know, the Christmas yeah. light display thing in Southeast Portland, because I'm, cause I'm, I'm just gay for Christmas. So, uh, we do that every year, and every, and we don't drive, because that's the wrong way to do it. Uh, you bundle up, you, you load up, you party, you get in the car, and we go and we drop the car at the Walgreens, which is right there, and then we walk down Peacock Lane, walk back Peacock Lane, get in the car, but it, but it's not complete without walking through the Walgreens. And the Walgreens at like 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve is just like the best place to be because there's a lot of people in there who are like clearly they have forgotten to buy something for someone who requires a gift. And so they're in there and they're going, all right, I got this uh, the miniature bag of, um, of, uh, of green and red Reese's peanut butter cups. Or I've got this uh, Tickle Me Elmo, but it's missing an eye, so it's 20% off. Oh, God, I just don't know what to get. Honey, what do you, you know? But we're walking along, and you know what we saw in the space of, like, five feet? The Barack Obama commemorative plate, the Barack Obama commemorative coin, the petty paws thing that I'm obsessed with. The petty paws are things that are everywhere. And the ShamWow. See, I was looking for the ShamWow. I actually bought the Barack Obama plate for my friend at Walgreens because I was there. She's having a, a murder mystery thing party and i have to play a character right. so i needed to buy uh your character is uh i am going to be some social climbing country club woman who wants to be the new chairwoman so i needed like uh really garish pink lipstick from the wet and wild display so i was at uh, <laughs> i used to save up all my quarters to, to buy wet and wild lipstick. but i'm like i like oh and i looked at my husband and i said oh, we're always well, maybe they'll have the sham wow so we went looking for the sham wow and i couldn't find it but i did i was I was going back and forth. Do I get her the Barack Obama plate or the petty egg? Which one? And I, I settled on the Barack Obama. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's quite something. And the, the ShamWow, though, we're, we're, the thing about the ShamWow is we're clearly entering the event horizon for them because I watch my spam pretty carefully. A lot of people just delete their junk mail right away. You know, like here's the, like you can set it to go right to the trash folder, and I don't. Is that why you have twenty five thousand emails? Well, yeah, a lot of them are spam. Um, it, it, some of them, though, but the thing with the spam is, like, you can set it to go right to the trash. I don't. Here's how I set up my spam folder. My inbox is set so that junk mail is marked but not deleted. In other words, I can pick it out really easily because it's flagged, but I don't delete it because I mean, that's, that's gold there. That's comedy. And I have to say this. About a week ago, I was getting zero spams a day about the sham wow. I'm up to, like, 15 or 20. I mean, every single day I get my inbox just fills with, buy a sham wow now, three for twenty nine ninety nine. That They clearly see that this is the time. This is their moment at the sham wow company. Uh, so a couple of these, then we'll continue with the news. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be. It's a sir. Hello, hi. You may refer to me as sir. That's not going to happen, but how can I help you today? <laughs> uh, let's see, about three years ago, <clears throat> while traveling from the green zone to the airport outside of Baghdad. And this story isn't going to end well, is it? Well, not for the individual in, in question. All right. It did not. Um, just suffice to say that he had the, uh, the boom part of a rocket-propelled grenade uh, surgically implanted in his colon, and then there were wires running out of appropriate spots going to a large amount of high-explosives, 
This uh, is an altogether unpleasant story. Yes, it is. It gets me even more. Now, now see that uh, maybe in theory. All right. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for calling. We're gonna let's take another call to cleanse the palate. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on. No 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 disrespect, sir. I'm sure it was fascinating. I uh, I'm disturbed in so many ways right that's now. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know it is. Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a. Uh, it's a little bit of a Whitman sampler. That phone. <laughs> you just never know. You know what I mean? You like it is. It is. I mean, not to be too gumpy, but it is really like it is really the sampler without the little legend code thing that you know the the, the map that t- tells you where to avoid like, like you know the butterscotch. Date. Yeah. Is he a dream like or is he a dud? Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Wow, I'm so happy. I get, I get to haul up that call. Yeah, well, look at it this way. No matter what you say, it's not going to be as horrifying and weird as that guy. <laughs> hey, so um, I actually heard a, a radio show probably about two and a half, three years ago talking about this, this gas tax thing in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, and they were, they're saying that they were experimenting with it. And uh, the, uh, the whole problem that this, this, particular radio host had with it is how they were going to determine the miles that you drove. Was this particular host Lars Larson? No. Okay, um, just checking. Should, I, should I say who it was? No, nah, no. If it's not okay. Lars, it doesn't matter. There's no grist okay. there. All right. Uh, anyway, so uh, he says that, uh, that well, about two and a half years ago, that they've already started experimenting with it, like just testing it out to see if it works. They have like these uh, these transponders they put in your uh, your uh, registration stickers. It's like a RF. Like an RFID right, it's a thing to track your car, yeah. Right, and and so that that was a big deal. It's like, well, you know, if they can track your car and determine your, you know, your gas tax, they can just like pull you up on a map and figure out where you're at at any. Well, they can, time. but in a lot of cities, they, I mean, not that I'm not that I'm for the man like following you around like Marlon Perkins, but I mean, in a lot of cities, they can already do that because like any place that there are turnpikes, for example, uh, you know, any place where you got to pay it, go through a toll, any place like in New Jersey, they have that smart pass thing. So if you're driving in New Jersey, and I think in New York. If you have to go through a toll road, toll bridge, whatever, uh, a lot of times you can just have a little, you know, you can opt to have uh, a little card that you keep in your glove box, and all you do is just drive by the toll booth, and it deducts it from your account automatically. And I think they used it to nail some guy on murder last year because he was trying to alibi that he was, like, in Wisconsin. And meanwhile, they showed that by using, like, this electronic toll system they have in New Jersey, they showed that he was actually there in town. So there really is no evading the man, sir. It's just inevitable that he's going to be... He's he's going to be you know he's going to be tracking you. But see, but see, here's here's uh, what I wonder: if Oregon's going to be doing this, but not Washington, I mean, are we going to get cheaper gas in uh, Oregon than if we decide to take a, a day trip to Washington? Hey, that's a really good question, actually. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Right. I'll right, figure it out. We'll look into it. Thank you. All right, you're listening to KCMD Portland, by the way. Here's Dawn Taylor at the news desk. A 45 year old woman accused of stabbing her boyfriend uh, was uh, basically. I don't even know how to say this. She she stabbed him in a confrontation over the latter's alleged trick hose. This is a quote from the story? This is a quote from the story. She was angry about his trick hose. Lillian A. McKissick uh, faces a felony ag- aggravated battery with a deadly weapon charge after allegedly stabbing Marvin Anderson uh, once in the left side and several times in the right shoulder. The couple had lived together for over a decade. Neighbors... Uh, called the police uh, after they heard a heated dispute and things being thrown around the room. Uh, McKissick told investigators she searched for her boyfriend all night, returned home in the morning after not finding him, left a note, went back out to look further, said she did this three times, and with lead, I guess, leaving progressively more angry notes. Of course. Which uh, were around there, and uh, finally she confronted him about his trick hose. 
I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. What is I, a trico? I think is it's it like you, you can saw them in half. Oh. Uh, but they argued before Anderson tried to put her out of the apartment and take away her keys. She started breaking things and throwing things around. Then apparently, and this is my favorite part of the story, they calmed down, she said, and started throwing <laughs> knives against the wall for fun before Anderson complained to her about being stabbed. That's kind of, So she stabbed him, but he's cool with it for a while. Yeah. And, and then they just start uh, playing mumbledy peg. I was just going to mumbledy peg for the win. I was just going to make that reference. Good for you, Dante. That's why we love you. That's great. And her quote was, I did not stab him because if I did, he would be in the morgue. Wow. Even though he was stabbed. That is love. That's love right there. And I like the idea that though he was able, like the pain was okay, but then after a while, like there was an unpleasant throb. And it came, well, damn it, I am going to call the cops. I, you know, you shouldn't have stabbed me. This you know, hurts now. In the side, but not the shoulder and the side, baby. All right, we'll take a break. Come back after this. Dawn Taylor uh, delivering the news as only she can at the news desk. Uh, we'll come back after this. Don't go anywhere. It's 503-733-2970. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. See what I'm telling you? Damn wow, you'll be saying wow every time. I can't live without it. I just love it. Oh my gosh, I don't even buy paper towels anymore. If you're going to wash your cars or any kind of vehicle, you'd be out of your mind not to own one of these. All I can say is, Sam, wow. You're going to spend $20 every month on paper towels anyway. You're throwing your money away. The mini sham wows are for everything, for everyday use. This lasts 10 years. This lasts a week. I... That's fantastic. Country. If you're going to wash What's that, Don Taylor? If you're going to wash your cars or any other vehicle. Or even yourself. <laughs> it lasts for 10 years. Hey, by the way, somebody just sent me a link to a Dale Earnhardt cutting board you can have for your kitchen, Don Taylor. Woohoo! That's great. That seems disrespectful, cutting things on Dale Earnhardt's face. I suppose. <laughs> that really does. That doesn't seem like a this nice really memorial the, for the man. This is really the only way to honor his memory. Give me some more of that kebab. <laughs> It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, somebody caught the singles reference that I threw out earlier that you did not. Uh, that you did not catch. The, the, um, which is the thing about you were asking about the T-shirt, about your, your now ex-boyfriend T-shirt. Oh, no, I, t-shirt. I caught the reference. So you scrubbed the base of his toilet. Kira Sedgwick style. I love my blue T-shirt. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Um, now, you, here's the, I, I wanted to ask you this, though, about the shirts. You know about the shirts, don't you, Don Taylor? I do know about the shirts. Well, I feel bad because I want to return the other one, but at the same time, I had written them... A very strongly worded email, you know, about criticizing them <laughs> about how the shirt wasn't there on time. So, so, uh, so what happens is, so you, so you order the shirt from the cafe person again, who, who I love, they're a great company. So you order the shirt for your then boyfriend for Christmas. It's late. You send them a strongly worded email. They apologize by sending you actually not just one but two copies of the shirt. But they both arrive after you've broken up with the boyfriend. That's yes. great. <laughs> In sequential so, days. I mean, it was For the first one on the day of, the second one the, the following and day. Please, I hope you understand uh, what I mean when I say that. It really is just like all the tumblers in the lock, just going in exactly the right order. You know Actually, what I mean? Actually, I like it that they came one after the other, because that's even worse. Yeah. Seriously, it's like, like, here's the shirt. Oh, the shirt. Then the next day, here's another shirt. I saw the cafe press bag. I'm like, no. Yeah. no hey, in case you were trying to forget, here's another one. <laughs> but so, I know what you should do. I know what I've been thinking about. That. I know what you should do with the shirt. Uh, first of all, you get a Sharpie and you deface it. 
you got a little dog on the thing. You, you put the little glasses on him and a mustache and stuff. You could even, like, draw a little cartoon balloon and have him think something like, you know, my ex-boyfriend thought this was funny. You know, something like that. And then, once, and that'll feel good, defacing the shirts. Then you put them up for bid on eBay. Hey. Listeners will want them as mementos of the show. And if there's a sizable amount of money, you give the money to charity. If there's not a sizable amount, you can just drink. Give the money to me. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You've been you're a woman who's been hurt, aren't you? <laughs> you're Don Taylor. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I I do vengeance very well. It's almost like you didn't have to think too hard to put that whole thing together in your head. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like somebody's done this before. It's almost as though it came perfectly naturally to you. All right. Well, this is because you could only return because the one of them they comped you. Yeah, and then I can, and then I feel bad for I, like asking for money back on the other one after I wrote this, you know, angry email. Can I ask how much it was? It was uh, thirty bucks, and then I, I paid to have it um, to ship quickly. How much total? What was the bottom line cost? Forty dollars. That's, that's a lot for insane. one T-shirt. That's one for, for that's. Well, it is worth it. It does say. No, seriously, who let the effing dogs out? <laughs> You're such an ass. I'm just saying that's the kind of wit that doesn't come cheap, Don. Um, Not like a jackass are paying forty dollars for a T-shirt. That's like if you can't afford the one tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor shirt. See, this is why when I made a little T-shirt store, because it's the internet, who doesn't do that? Right. I did not go with Cafe Press because their prices are actually very high. Yeah. I went with uh, Printopia. Ah, see, so Print and, and, and Cafe Press is like yeah. Print Cafe Press is they're they're I think they're one of those guys. They they captured the market share like so so big and so early because they were kind of the first people out of the game. But you're right that it's like the the base cost on that stuff is uh, is a little prohibitive sometimes. And so I will even pivot now. If you if you, anybody out there wants a T-shirt with like a quote from uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, and who go doesn't? to uh, Cinema Sideshow at Printopia. Cinema Sideshow <laughs> at Printopia. Um, so the but so that you could get like forty bucks out of that. I mean, they might less yeah. the shipping and handling though. Yeah. They might you might only be thirty. I don't check it, but I, I just feel bad asking for it back. Although I'm going to. Do you feel? Let me ask you this. I just I want you to be honest here. Do you feel like you ought to be doing something symbolic with the shirt, but you can't quite think of what? No, because that would be give, like paying it too much attention. So you don't think you're going to like it, because I've already got the, she do a ritual cleansing ritual with sage and gasoline. No. I mean, you just... Because it's just, right now, now it isn't like more of a symbolic thing. It's more of just a, what can I do with this? All right, hold on a second. Well, then we're going to... We'll, uh, we'll see what other uh, scorned women in the office have to say about this. Hello. Uh, hello. Hey, is this Kristen? Yes. Hey, Kristen, it's Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm Dandy. Are you listening by chance? Yes. All right. So uh, for, I'm going to ask you two things. One, uh, we're going to get your thoughts on this. Two, uh, are there uh, are there other uh, women around the office at the well, moment like who are... and Crystal? Yeah, who are sort of yeah, around and available. Sarah you know? Wagner's right here. All right. So I'll tell you what, what we'll do is we'll ask you, and then if you want to throw us over to Sarah's phone, that'd be great. Okay. All right. So uh, let's say theoretically, you buy your then-boyfriend, uh, I would say... A rather pricey T-shirt for Christmas. Uh, the shirt comes late, by which time you've had, I would say, not terribly, but a somewhat unpleasant bust-up. What do you do with the shirt? I would, um, I would return it and keep the money. Okay, you would just you wouldn't do anything significant what about or the special other one? or whatever. I have two of them because I'm already going to return one of them. But what should I do with the other one? That's the thing. So she that's the other thing. Is she has two well, two of the shirts, so she's going to be stuck with one regardless. If you don't want to return it, I would say keep it and then give it to the next person you start dating. So with the left, so with the shirt. But I don't know, but oh, that's hopefully, creepy. That's weird. Yeah, well, and hopefully that isn't like. Well, you dress like my dead wife. Sense of humor that the person, you know, the next person. No, but that, but that's all. But have. no, but again, that's just a whole well, like. If you can't return it, why waste the money? I, uh, all right. Well, okay. So you're saying just to throw it away, you're basically you're just a, you're you're screwing yourself out of cash, basically. Well, it's, yeah, exactly. 
exactly. If you throw it away, it's just kind of like saying, well, I already went through this horrible breakup. Now let me waste some money, too. No, no, because I can, I can return one of them. I'm going to return one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she has two. So she can return one, but she can't return them both because they comped her one. Well, the truth is you can still return both of them. I mean, they're just going to give you money back for one of them, but you can package both of them. So they'll dispose of the yeah. other one for you. Do you have a friend that you could give it to? You should give it to Goodwill. Give it to the less fortunate, Sarah. That's true. Maybe there I should bring it down to Goodwill. You should find a place. Hey, how about this? How about this? You Do you know where he buys his used T-shirts? You donate it there. <laughs> he doesn't buy used T-shirts. Because the uh, homeless no, need he has girls to buy. he has girls to do that for Seriously. you. Seriously. The homeless need T-shirts with profanity on them. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Thank you, Chris. Can you pass this to, uh, to Sarah Wagner? Yeah, hold on all just right, a second. All right, great. Thanks so much. I was just thinking, like, if you knew he went to Buffalo Exchange, you just I'll stick it right in there. He saw him. Yes, I did. This is Sarah. Hello, Sarah Wagner. It's Rick Emerson. How are you? Hi, Rick Emerson. I'm well. Hi, Sarah Wagner. Hi. Hey. So, uh, as you may or may not know, so there was this whole uh, unpleasant breakup with Sarah, and, uh, Sarah Dillon and her boyfriend. And yeah, so she. Anyway, long story short, she's going to be stuck with this T-shirt that she can't return. And so the question is, you know, she bought it for him for Christmas, but they broke up. And so what should she do with it? Are you guys on speaking terms? No. No. And you can return it. No. No, no, no. This is no. This shirt can't be returned. Long story short. I think you should give it away. I think now it's um it's a huge kind of Rick Emerson show memorabilia type thing, and I think you should give it away on the air. I know. Now I just kind of want to be rid of it so that we don't have to talk about it. Because now you're investing all this psychic energy into it. Yeah. 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 And it's making it you know bigger, bigger than it is because you know you broke up with them, and and now it's time for him to be gone out of your life. So mm-hmm. give it away to some listener. All right. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a good one. Right. Bye. Yeah. Let's give it away. All right. Just to whomever? To whomever. All right. Well, we'll oh, there, should be, there should be something involved in it. They should yeah. jump through some sort of hoop. Maybe we can do an Instable to be like worst, I don't know, breakup stories or something. We should play. It, it should go to It should be something significant. I don't know. We'll think of it. All right. So let's, let's do that. By the end of the day, this shirt will be given away. Excellent. All right. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Dawn Taylor. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. A man became disorderly at the Hess Express on Jonestown Road in Lower Paxton. You're just making. Now you're just making sort of exclamatory sounds. Eggplant armchair. (laughs) Seriously, you turned into Don Martin from Mad Magazine. Foop, I say. Uh, Well, wherever this fellow was. Um, he uh, complained that there wasn't any syrup in the Diet Pepsi dispenser and became disorderly at the Hess Express, which is a convenience store. In Foop. In Foop. Yeah. So apparently a customer went to the store's clerk, loudly complained of the lack of syrup in the Diet Pepsi dispenser. He also insisted that his lottery ticket was worth a dollar when it was actually for a free drink. Uh, man was ordered. I'm so glad I don't work at retail or anything <laughs> approaching retail. Really, as much as we bitch about radio sometimes, I don't have to be just some uh, poor sod standing behind the counter while some stink fest comes up to you and insist that his lottery ticket is worth a free drink. <laughs> Jesus. Well, he was ordered out of the store but proceeded to back his car into the clerk <laughs> who tried to take a camera phone picture of his license plate. Wow. Uh, and the clerk was apparently not injured. But uh, in case, uh, you know, you're in uh, Harrisburg 
or wherever this is that uh, Cumberland Twoop is located. Uh, he's described as an older white male between 5 feet 8 inches tall and 5 feet 10 inches tall. He was wearing glasses, a gray long sleeve shirt, black vest and blue jeans, and he was driving a gray Toyota or Hyundai. Fantastic. It's uh, 503-733-2970. This email says, Sarah Wagner is right. You are vastly underestimating the creepiness of your audience, Rick. If you package the T-shirt with that bag of Sarah's toenail clippings or whatever you kept, you can get big money on eBay. Just checking. Hey, by the way, and I still have those. Those are upstairs in my office. And they're not toenail clippings. They're Sarah's fingernails. Uh, they're my fake fingernails. Yeah, but, they're, but they have parts of your... I would just say they have a not insubstantial amount of your DNA. Uh, like the creepiest thing you've ever said. Well, but no, they're sealed, so they're not drying out either. They're on. They're, they're on not my... drying out. We don't want to get. We don't want to get too brittle, you know, because then you just got. Then you just got a big uh, bag of fingernail dust. Richie, should I be taking these phone calls? No. Okay, done and done. Uh, once again, at the news desk, Don Taylor. We. Well, we. Sarah's away, so I will not do something that involves music. Oh, no, I'm ready. Oh, we have a religious nutcase watch. Here is your religious nutcase watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By the way, somebody has clarified. The in that story you were just reading about a town called Twoop, <laughs> which is not, which is like a you know which is sounds like it ought to be uh, which sounds like it ought to be some sort of uh, some sort of ridiculous uh, uh, you know like Peyton Place knockoff. Um, apparently, TWP stands for township. <laughs> Says one of our listeners. Uh, there we go. <laughs> who. And and the email is written, and here's the thing, I'm looking at the email here, and it's like you can hear the sigh as he's writing this email, because he's pro- it's like the 50th time, like this week, he's probably had to correct us about something on the show that we've done that is factually incorrect. So apparently not twoop so much as it is township. Here is your religious nutcase watch, Don Taylor. Not only that, a British... Religious nutcase. Well, that's watch. the best kind. A large sculpture of Christ on the cross has been removed from outside a church in West Sussex after its vicar said it was scaring young children. The Reverend Ewan Souter said the 10 foot crucifix was, quote, a horrifying depiction of pain and suffering, which was also putting people off. Wow. I mean, you really have to work hard. You really have to work hard. If you're not already, I mean, if you're not already freaked out by a crucifix, and I can say this as a fallen Catholic, if you don't find a crucifix like to be freakish, just like from Jump, I can't even imagine what you could do to it. What I mean is, is it like an animatronic where Jesus occasionally lurches I think forward? And, a picture, there actually. is a picture. It's made of coal dust and resin. Made of coal dust. And it's really sepulchral and so and he's like spooky a, looking. He's a carcinogenic savior. Actually, if you go to uh, BBC News, apparently there's even a little embedded video of it, so you can see it. But um, yeah, and it is ten feet tall as well. So it's 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 like. Um, the, one of those scary shadow things in Harry Potter. What were those? Uh, like Dementor. A, a Dementor. It looks like a, seriously, look at this. It looks like a Dementor. And Jesus us. Christ as the Dementor. Ooh, wow, that's not good. He, <laughs> that really is a scary Jesus. Yeah, that's... And it's made of coal dust. I think coal dust gives you black lung. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's black lung Jesus. I would think so. Is this... <laughs> So this is like so this is like a reverse Jesus where he not only can't heal you or raise the dead, he will in fact give you emphysema. So, 
Literally no, no, no. the Antichrist. No, 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 Jesus, no, Jesus, uh, Jesus came and he he touched me. Really, he healed. No, no, no. He uh, all my alveoli are now infected. Wow. Okay, but listen, this is apparently what they were aiming for. And again, you can see this at bbc.co.uk, BBC News. That's bbc.co.uk. Just put in uh, scary Jesus. <laughs> this is apparently what they're going for, though, because it says, rather than undermining the work of the cross, the church wanted to portray, quote, an accurate biblical picture of despair and hopelessness. <laughs> so, I mean, mission accomplished. Well done. Welcome to church. There, where you go. And he appears to be an anorexic Jesus as well. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, I can count all of Christ's ribs right there. Oh, yeah. So. All right. Not yeah. a lot of snacks up on the, the cross. <laughs> it's not Jesus of Nazareth. Well, Go the on. guy did say uh, children have commented on how scary they find it, how off-putting they find it. As a key exterior symbol for us, it was putting people off rather than having a sense of hope and life and the power of the resurrection. Mommy, no, Jesus makes me it? feel funny. Yeah, I don't want that to resurrect. No, there That's... you go. There's your religious nutcase watch. For... Wow. FYI, I'm going to form a band called Black Lung Jesus, just so you know. I'm calling dibs on that, like, like right now. Um, hey, speaking of, speaking of Jesus makes me feel strange. Um, did I, I can't remember. This is one of those conversations that I might have had off the air. I'm not sure if I, if I talked about this or not. I, I think I actually told it on the air with Corden Fatboy, but uh, I have a, a, a friend of mine who has a, she has a couple kids. And it's one of those things, like a, like a statement that shouldn't be terrifying, but somehow he is. Like, it seems kind of innocuous. But as soon as she told me the kid said this, I was immediately sort of like a <laughs> shudder kind of a thing. She has a daughter who I think is four, maybe something like that, four, five. Uh, but the other night she's like tucking the she's like tucking the the, the daughter into bed, and the daughter um, the daughter just says to her, "Mommy, the moon makes me feel funny." <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. You cure that with fire. That's oh. a. Seriously, I'm like, okay. I mean, whatever. You know, I'm not gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna be visiting your home. Uh, you know, there's gonna be like three days out of the month where I don't come by. Her teen years are gonna be even worse than normal. Seriously, I mean, and I guess, and 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 as the mom was relaying the story to me, I guess it was like in that. I guess it was like in that aw shucks, like innocent voice of childhood, which makes it all the more terrifying. <laughs> I mean, the moon makes me feel funny. <laughs> Here's uh, Don Taylor. Uh, here's an actual local story. Uh, a Gold Hill, Oregon woman has been sentenced to three years in prison after pleading guilty to killing the husband who abused her for years. Uh, Wanda Lee Taylor was convicted of criminally negligent homicide after she was originally charged with murder in the September 2007 shooting and stabbing death of her 46-year-old husband, Gil Edward Taylor. Wanda Taylor dropped off her children at a friend's house with a note asking they be cared for if anything happened to her. Uh, she returned home and later called 911. Jackson County Sheriff's deputies found her husband's body with multiple gunshot and stab wounds. Wait, were they still living together, or they were just like a past it, uh, kind of a thing? It not that sounds he, like it. Not that he didn't have it coming in any event. Well, usually women who have been abused to that extent don't leave. I right. mean, that's, that's the problem. Right. Uh, and testimony at the trial uh, depicted the husband as a violent man who beat his wife and children, threatened to kill them, and had shot several of the family pets. Oh my God. So apparently, yeah, I'm the good. She just said, uh, and 
And, and we're done. Yeah. yeah. So wait, now she's on trial now? Uh, she's been sentenced to three years in prison. Uh, originally, she was, uh, I think, going to be yeah, charged. She was originally charged with murder, but eventually she was convicted only of criminally and, you know, negligent homicide. She probably won't serve even half of that, though. I mean, they'll probably she'll probably walk out of there pretty. I mean, you know, violence is wrong and blah, blah, blah. But I'm saying, you know, F him. Who cares? All right. There you go. I hope he suffered. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I was going to tell you guys, Sarah, what you guys ought to do is walk the shirt over to Court and Bad Boy and have them raffle it off at that uh, movie they're doing tomorrow night. Give oh, the Trillium Auction for Children. Yes, there yeah, you go. Yeah, you could write some pithy comment on the back about how, I don't know. I dated a comedian radio. and all I dated a comedian and all he never got was this T-shirt. Yeah, there you go. All right, there you go. Thank you. Bye. Oh, I'm sorry. So oh. was he? Was this the the fellow who was at the? Uh, the fellow. Yeah. The yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, you could do way better than that. We, even my husband said that. He's like, that's Sarah's uh, boyfriend. He was like, ah. And that's Don she Taylor. She is a professional critic, by the way, so she knows what she's talking about. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Uh, I actually own one of the Dale Earnhardt cutting boards, and, <laughs> and I have to say it's one of the finest pieces of kitchen equipment I own. <laughs> no, so it's not just form. There really is function here. Exactly. I, I can't tell you how many times I have expertly cut the cheese on Dale Earnhardt's face. All right. There we go. Now that deserves the full Okay. All right. I don't know what's funnier. Uh, sort of the, the moment when I believed that it was real or the fact that he actually sat and worked through that whole thing in his head and probably rehearsed it over the phone with a friend a couple times before calling in, being screened, waiting on hold, and then Eagerly getting on. Waiting. So you're waiting, going, I can't wait to tell Rick my joke. And then, like, selling it all the way through. Well done, sir. And I was, uh, I did LOL at that. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hello, hi, yes, it's, yes, it's you. Hello, hi. Contest for you for the T-shirt. Yes. That callers call in to uh, guess why they broke up. That's going to end poorly. Um, That's not invasive at all. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell everyone about my personal. So what? Life. You, you know, I like it. That's one of those contests that comes with a subtitle or reduce Sarah Dillon to tears. All right, there you go. Uh, hello. No, it wouldn't be, it's not one specific thing. It's a whole bunch of little things. Many, many things. Yeah. I would say that's. Uh, I would say that's many branches off the same tree. Is what that is. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, is this me? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. How you doing, my man? Uh, I'm fine. What's up? How can I help you? Well, you know, I'm thinking about the T-shirt thing. Now, it's always cool to give it away, do some kind of contest and all that, but why not Why not push the envelope a bit? You guys have done some remote things when a guy was, like, running laps and stuff. Take a video. Go out in yes. the parking lot. Bring a video camera. Blow the shirt up. Do something really cool with it. Let 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 Sarah go out there and and like you know do a voodoo thing on it. I mean you know write something on it or stick a knife through it and actually actually wire it with some explosives. Dangle it off a bridge. But I mean, you can hold. I'm really not that angry about it because it was my choice. Well, I don't know, but, no, but, but I love how it just like it escalates so quickly and you shoot it into the sun. Watch it and poke it with sticks. No, 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 seriously. Have a little fun with it. Now, I produce a TV show. I'm not going to say which on the uh -huh. air, but I could bring out a video camera. We could, um, you know. I have a sandblaster and access to heavy explosives. We will put it on. No, no, I don't have any explosives. I, I just have TV equipment. Uh -huh. But what I'm saying is that what we do, and I'm a huge fan, by the way. Yeah. Um, we spoke numerous times. Now I'll, I'll tell you some of the conversations sometimes. Usually you say, yeah. I've had like three conversations with you where you always say, this is the best call ever. Of course, you say that. 
a lot of times. But anyway, you take it out of the parking lot. You do some kind of a great routine with it. You you blow it up, but you make sure there's enough of it left to send the guy, in, like, in a bag. Say, love, Sarah. Here you go. Okay, let's give too much attention. This is moving back to the to the <laughs> blowing it up thing. See, the, here's, the, here's the thing is, like, you're doing that underpants gnomes thing uh, from, from South Park where you're going to, like, get camera guy, T-shirt, blow it up, Drop like, send bag. I, I wouldn't even know how, like, like, whence will these explosives derive that you seem to be, and first of all, the idea that we're going to be blowing them up in the CBS radio parking lot. Lisa Wood had a lot of fireworks at her house. Yeah, but I don't think he's talking about fireworks. It sounds to me like you're talking about, like, well, you get getting... blow up a piece of you wrap well, the T-shirt around some oh, no, guys would know. That's the thing, totally, right? That's like, you know, guys would figure it out if only we had the explosives. Yeah, I mean, not a bomb. I mean, you know, or you could burn the thing. Is if you burn it, then there's not, there's really nothing left to send but ash. Right. So you're saying blowing it up will actually leave. So what I have to do is send my my ex boyfriend a creepy bag of ash. Yeah, because <laughs> if you send him something charred and burned in the mail, make sure it's the T-shirt so he knows what yeah, it is I, you're sending him. Because otherwise, it would be weird. Honestly, guys, I'm exactly. I'm not thinking I'm going to be sending anything right. in the mail. But thank you, sir. Yes. Or at least blow it up, and then you've got the uh, the videotape. You put it on the website. There you go. All right. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Oh, you you go. put the T-shirt on a midget and Here's the... <laughs> douse the midget with gasoline and set him on fire. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather just give it to somebody. Here's the thing, though, you, Sarah. You do have to understand this all comes from a place of love with the audience. They are because, you know, as Willow says to uh, Buffy in uh, season two uh, when uh, she's having to leave uh, Angel and then kill him, it's the best friend's job, of course, to, to you know, to vilify uh, the ex. That's just, that's what they have to do, you know, whether they deserve it or not. Just go to the territory. Yeah, I, have some very, I have some very good friends who have done quite the amazing job. Today. Yeah. I mean, you bust up with somebody, immediately everybody has to be like, effort, dude. I mean, you were, you're so much better than her. She was a skank, man. You're better off without her. Bitches. Uh, so that's what the audience is doing here. They're trying to help you play through, uh, you know, whatever degree of pain there might be by taking it to us. I don't want it to be conceived as if there's still, like, a, any emotional attachment from my end because... No, you've completely forgotten about him. You've moved on. You've I'm deleted just like, I just want to be rid, with the sh- rid of the shirt and... So not blowing it up in the parking lot so much. Damn. So much <laughs> just being rid of I'm it. not really looking for symbolism so much as I am just, I don't want this ugly shirt in my life anymore. I just like explosions, frankly, so... Well, we can blow it up. You know what? Whatever you want to do. We've got a garbage disposal in the kitchen. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Just, just throw it off the bridge. Yeah. All right. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What's up? I was going to say, I've got a much... Less insane and much easier way to get rid of the T-shirt. Well, well, let's start with less insane because that really seems to be the uh, that seems to be the area that yeah, needs attention saying, right now. Sending stuff to the guy that after you destroyed it just says that she's putting too much credence on the that's breakup. That's really sound like she is. That's a whole yeah. lot of. Uh, that, that's that's funny in the pot. <laughs> that I was going to say that's a whole lot of like I'm not going to be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just do a simple, like she said, Instapol type thing. Just worst breakup stories, and then you can whoever's got the best one, you put them on hold, and if someone. You just have a vote amongst the three people in the, the studio there saying if you get two out of three, then you upgrade them until you decide that you're done with the contest and whoever's still remaining at the end gets the teacher. See, here's why at least – this is why your idea is good. Uh, you know, even if it had been a bad idea and it's not, at least it doesn't involve like – and then you scale Mount Rushmore. Now, you're going to need uh, three helicopters, and then you're going to need 15 pounds of peanut butter for this next part. Now, what I need you to do is you're going to get Abe Vagoda. And then you're all going to go there, and you're going to need a glockenspiel at some point, and then uh, one of those, like, uh, musical instruments that's like, uh, you know, it's like a kazoo, but like with a little plastic tube that goes, Woo! and you get that, and then the shirt, you know, and meanwhile, it's like we're all dead the from old shirt. age. All right. Uh, thank you, sir. All right, bye. All right, how about this one? I just got this. Rick, 
Since she got the shirt for a comedian gone horribly wrong, you could have a bad comedian contest. Worst joke gets the shirt signed by Sarah Extillon herself. Signed, I'm just saying, a guy named Chris. That's genius. Well, there you go. See? That's it. All right. Now, here's the thing. Who will be the arbiter uh, of, of, I've of been the to bad... bad comedy show? Have you? That's hard to believe. What? <laughs> um, so, uh, so how do you do you want to think on that a little bit and figure out how you want to do it, how you want to structure the, the actual logistics of doing it? Absolutely. All right. There you go. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. And by the way, I don't mean to disparage any of the other ideas, even the one involving dynamite and guns or whatever. I those are a little impractical. I think at this point, I'm not Max Fisher, so uh, you know. So we'll. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll move on. And then the shirt will be gone, and that chapter will be closed. Yeah. Um, well, here's an awkward email. <laughs> Let's move from, as we often do, we will counterbalance uh, the awkwardness in Sarah Dillon's life by bringing you some awkwardness from Rick Emerson's life. Thank God. I just got an email from Kelly Clark at Willamette Week. <laughs> Um, So if you heard yesterday's program, uh, I was uh, discussing that. So Kelly Clark, who is the arts and culture editor at Willamette Week, never the Willamette Week, uh, was, uh, you know, I do this show, Outlook Portland on the CW, which airs uh, Sundays at 6.30 a.m. And so yesterday's Outlook Portland was myself and Kelly Clark talking about uh, the recession and how it's affecting people with pets and people struggling to take care of their dogs in a sort of down economy and whatever. And there was, like, multiple layers of bad yesterday, actually, because at one point after the show's taping, uh, Kelly Clark and myself and Cheryl Kanakoa, who helps, you know, who is the guest booker for Outlook Portland, who basically does all the work for me, um, we were talking afterward, and I entered, you know, I sort of, I referred to Cheryl, to Kelly, I referred to Cheryl, uh, to Cheryl as being, quote, the Peggy to my Don, which I thought was a compliment. It's the email, Rick. I realize, I'm just saying, I realize now I was misguided on that score. <laughs> But th- but that was, of course, after I had spent, like, I don't know, forever obsessing about the fact that I think at some point while taping the episode with Kelly Clark, I was trying to underscore some point that I had made by reaching over and touching her on the upper arm, which, of course... You is, hussy. I'm just saying, which, yeah, which of course makes me look like a lech, right? It makes me look like... Uh, arm touching. I, it, 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 it makes me look creepy. Uh, which, of course, you know, is not the case at all, <laughs> never. And so, anyway, so we were discussing that yesterday. So I just got this email. This is from Kelly Clark, subject line. Hey, I just got a really weird phone call from my mom. <laughs> hey, Rick, says Kelly Clark. My mom just called to inform me that while she and my dad were running errands around town yesterday... They flipped on the car radio, only to hear Rick Emerson talking about touching Kelly Clark. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so glad it's not just my life. She says, hands down, it was the creepiest call I've ever received from my mother. Thank you for that gift. Cheers, Kelly. Honey, were, were you letting that's some it? radio man yes, touch you? that's it. That's all she wrote? Yeah, that's all, that's oh, all she wrote. Oh. Yeah, that's all she wrote, both literally and figuratively, I think. Your father's worried about you spending time with this radio man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, up until moments ago, we had planned to have her on next Wednesday. Talk about something people have to be doing. I believe we have a slot o- open up now. That's my inference. 
We've got a break. Let's take a break. Hello, Don Taylor. How are you? I'm Peachy. How are you? Oh, you know. Don't touch my arm. Please stay on that side of the room. Okay. It's all part of life's rich pageant. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show continues next. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. This email says, uh, I have a question about Don Taylor. Uh, This is from a woman. says, uh, good afternoon, Rick. I'm enjoying the show very much today. Where have I heard Don Taylor before? Thank you. That is from Teresa. Uh, Have you done done other, have you do other media? um, I do. I've, uh, I do a uh, radio show over on KBOO twice a month. Uh, you know, a nice little uh, moment of movie stuff I and mean, all the copy, commie pinko propaganda that they do over there. Excellent. Uh, and that's, uh, was I think, the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. That could be it. Also, I just have, I don't know, I just have a voice that I think sounds like a lot of other people. Oh, that's not true, Don. You're, uh, you're a breed apart. You're a cut above. You're out on your own, <laughs> under the gun, out on the run, going to set the night on fire. I'm a lone wolf. Okay. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. Got to treat it like a travel gnome or one of those where's George uh, Bill. Treat it like a travel gnome. And, well, you know, and then just, like, you know, ship it off either to another state or another country. Put your put your guy's uh, website on there, the information. Say, please take a picture. Send us send us a picture wherever and then pass it on. So have the have the shirt travel the country uh, yeah. like some sort of uh, yeah. <laughs> like some sort of clothing Kerouac. She just... sends it off one time and it's out of sight, out of mind. And if you ever do hear back from you know see see it, it'll be kind of cool probably. By the way, I just I have to say whether or not we use this idea, I have to give you really just a huge points for just working the phrase travel gnome into any <laughs> kind of a call today. So well done on that score, sir. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, let us now pay a visit to the news desk with the one and only Don Taylor. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. There is a double monkey watch. That's yes. fantastic. Here is your double monkey watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. And one of these, by the way, we've been waiting to get to for quite some time. There's just so much news happening constantly that we're just getting behind. All right, here's Don Taylor with your monkey watch. Well, one of the monkeys refused to ride the bicycle in a street performance in Sushu in eastern China, so their owner beat it with a stick. They were tied to the man with ropes attached to their collars, and so the monkeys decided to fight back. Uh, coming to defense of the third monkey, grabbed the stick from the man, pulled on his ear, and bit his head. Wow. 
and uh, it's a monkey uprising. And started hitting him with the stick. When he dropped his cane, one monkey snatched it up and began beating the trainer on the head until he broke it. That is said. fantastic. The day's trainer told the audience, in I think a glorious bit of understatement, they were once wild, and these performances don't always come naturally to wait them. Wait a minute. So he was. Wait, hold on. So let me understand this. So the monkey is trained to ride a bicycle. Yeah. Uh, the, but the, the monkey was somehow not up well, to snuff. Trained, well, trained, as in ride the bicycle in, or I'll or beat forced, you. It forced. So, <laughs> so the so the so the monkey is is uh, obliged to ride the motorcycle, uh, the bicycle. Yes. The monkey is somehow not not up to the guy's standards. So the guy's whacking him around. But then the monkey, turn you know the the pupil becomes the teacher. The monkey grabs the stick or the cane and just starts beating the guy in the head with it. Well, yeah, it's like the two other monkeys were like, hey. Don't beat up our third monkey friend. It was sort of so like, they came at him, and then he dropped his cane, and one of the monkeys started beating him with the cane. So then, so okay, so so the one monkey is pulling his hair, the other monkey is biting his face. Did you say biting his head? Biting his head. The so it's like you know what it is. This is like Velociraptors, you know <laughs> how it's like you're focused on the one in front of you, but really it's the two friends off to the side that are going to come in, and they're going to as uh, as the as as the guy says, they're going to slash you here and here. Uh, and so I like the idea that the guy went from being in control of the monkeys to being covered in monkeys that were biting him savagely and beating him with a cane. Covered in monkeys. In like five seconds. Covered with angry monkeys. I mean, that's the thing. Monkeys will turn on you. That's the, you can't, I mean, that's, that's, the, you don't screw with them. I mean, this is like, I don't know if you ever heard like the, the greatest monkey story of all time here, but it was like these idiot, uh, this idiot couple in California that had had a, um, uh, a, a chimpanzee, I think it was, a chimp. Because they have, we found out that a chimpanzee, by the way, they have a dead pull strength of a thousand pounds on their arm. In other words, chimpanzee, you can, he could just stand, you know, just standing there, he could reach down to the ground and with one arm lift something that weighs a thousand pounds. That's how much force they have in their arms. They're that strong. And so they were raising this chimpanzee from a baby. And they had to give it to a zoo when it started, you know, like trying to gouge their eyes out. And so they gave it to the they gave it to the zoo. We can no longer take care of him. He keeps trying to kill us. And but then they went back to the zoo on the chimp's birthday to try to have a birthday party for him. I swear to you, I'm not making this up. We talked about this story for days. It never got old. And at one point, the zoo and the, the, the zoo, insanely enough, allowed them to have a birthday party. And so at one point, there's literally a card table with a chimpanzee and like a pointy, like paper cone hat at one corner and a cake, and like the husband and wife with like their like noisemakers. And the chimpanzee at one point decided like. F this, and he like went for the guy over the cake, and by the time they got the chimpanzee off the guy, he had gnawed away most of the man's upper face and had pulled off his genitals. And I mean, we, we and it was just like the idea of them. The funny thing isn't even the attacking, which it usually is in these stories. The funny thing was the setup right before, as they're sitting across the card table, and the monkey is sitting there in like a paper birthday hat, feeling demeaned, <laughs> and just finally thinking. Screw this. I don't need to be dressed like an idiot. It's it's go time, you know? That's wonderful. A friend of mine, uh, is her longtime uh, partner, is a uh, stuntman in Los Angeles, and they had uh, not only a stunt show but an animal act, and they had a chimp in the act for a while. And apparently the thing with chimps is once they start reaching adolescence, mm -hmm. then you have to sort of be careful. And this chimp, I guess, was always a lovely chimp until one day. He they seemed like a quiet chimp, kept to himself. <laughs> they were going somewhere, and the chimp was in the back seat, <laughs> and they were on the freeway. And the chip just lunged over the seat and bit out a chunk of the guy's ear. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs>
I just, yeah, I'm sorry. Monkeys attacking people is just—it's hilarious. There's just something intrinsically funny, and maybe it's because I grew up watching too many, like, uh, you know, like BJ and the Bear, you know, like too many every which wave it loose things. You know, well, you know, you see too many of these things where they're just making them wear pants and smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and you're thinking, just rise up, Jim. That's no, and that's my whole thing. A constant on the Rick Emerson show is uh, is that we, in almost every confrontation, we root for nature. We <laughs> we pull for the animals uh, every time there's any kind of a face off. Like there was that guy. There's a great story the other day where a guy's out trying to. He's hunting. Uh, like he's out and hunting deer. You know, and because it's a real sport. He's got like a, you know, he's got like a high-powered hunting rifle with like a laser sight and, a, you know, and like a, you know, like some sort of a cyborg, you know, like, uh, you know, like a tracking device. So, you know, a deer, you know, walks in front of him just trying, trying to get some leaves or something. And the guy, bam, with the high-powered hunting rifle. But he, he somehow at the last moment sort of like jerks a little bit and he only hits the deer in the shoulder. And the deer comes after him and just, just gouges the S out of him with his antlers. And I mean, and the deer eventually was put down. The deer eventually died. But I mean, that's a guy that's going to think twice, three times, and probably fifteen times before he decides to go uh, hunting anything as a sport uh, later on. Well done. I love it when elephants just finally, you know, have had enough. Oh yeah. When the elephants like, okay, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm taking out the snack stand. Yeah. Yeah. They trampled a whole village one time. It was like a, this sort of construction village, and it was like, I don't know, some rainforest place. And it's like, the, you know, the man had come in and had set up this entire little work camp because he was going to be, you know, just mowing down, uh, you know, a whole section of rainforest to build like, I don't know, like a Carl's Jr. or something. And I, you know, I mean, whatever. I don't, it's not that I care about the environment. It's just like, I, I and I, I really don't. I just sort of, you know, I sort of understand the natural desire of a creature not to want to be evicted. And so, the elephants were so great, though. They didn't do anything right away. They just kind of all moseyed along and like, well, yes, I guess we're all going to go find some other place to live. Humans, go about your business. And then that night around 2 o'clock in the morning, everybody's in their, in their tent just slumbering away. Suddenly, like 50 elephants come through. And it was just, uh, I mean, it's just a whole lot of uh, just a whole lot of paste by the time they get done. It's very satisfying. Do we have a second half to this? We do. And actually, the monkey story with the guys at the sick. By the way, if you go to... Uh the uh, Telegraph website, telegraph.co.uk, you see a photograph of uh, a monkey holding a stick. Uh, but <laughs> It's not an artist rendering. It's the actual thing. I, it's hard to tell. It just says three angry monkeys turned on their cruel trainer and beat him with his own stick. And then there's a photo, and there's a man, and there's an overturned bicycle, so it might be the actual thing. But there's a monkey holding so the stick. so great. Uh, but Can't the, you sort of see this like Family Guy style though, where they're like on the news, they're going, "If you see this man," and then they cut to like that, the like this scary monkey with this rage with the pointy teeth and yeah. like holding a club, <laughs> is believed to be dangerous. And then they cut to him, and he's just the most evil-looking monkey you've ever seen. Well, the trainer's quote was great. He did say, uh, "They were once wild, and these performances don't always come naturally to them. They may have built up some feelings of hatred towards me." <laughs> you think? Excellent. So we do have another monkey walk story. A federal judge in Brooklyn has rejected a Liberian woman's religious reasons for smuggling endangered monkey meat into the country. U.S. District Judge Raymond J. Deary ruled Wednesday that Mamie Manna's faith did, didn't preclude her from applying for permits to import exotic food or explain why she misled officials. Uh, she was charged with smuggling monkey meat in three years ago after customs agents seized a shipment of primate parts. <laughs> Smuggling monkey meat as it passed through Kennedy Airport on the way to her home in Staten Island. Uh, her lawyers claimed First Amendment right, arguing that some Liberian Christians eat monkey meat for spiritual reasons. It's hard like you're smuggling monkey meat. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, her lawyer didn't respond to phone calls. 
Uh, she faces up to five years in prison and deportation if convicted of smuggling monkey meat. <laughs> it's hard to believe they're rising up against us. By the way, somebody notes here in the email that just like the endless trauma that it would cause you if you were, you know, like to have like circus monkeys turn on you and just begin <laughs> savagely biting you. He said, he said, Rick, the only way to describe it is this. It's like being raped by clowns. Uh, there you go. Oh, I have issues with clowns. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I might as well have been. They terrify me. I've been mocked mercilessly. What do you mean you might as well have been? That's a a line of demarcation. (laughs) (laughs) Clown raping is kind of a binary state. One either has been or one, you know, I think it's possible I was raped by a clown and I just blocked it out because my my reaction to clowns is so severe. So I I wonder if like I haven't if if under hypnosis I wouldn't discover that there was a, a clown incident because I have been terrified of them ever since childhood and I've been mocked for it by people my entire life. So it's like a repressed clergy memory, but like with sort of big floppy shoes and I go Ah-ah. exactly I think so. All right, don't make any noise or I'll kill you. Because I see them and I just freak. My husband finds it funny, but it's like he'll, if he sees one on the street, it's like hey Don, should we park over here by the clan? I'll go what and I'll turn I'll say ah and I'll scream. And it's just like, keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. I, I cannot deal with clowns. Well, and here's the thing is that the clown phobia, coulrophobia, which is real, that is the, uh, and we've talked about things on this program before, that they're, they're actual disorders that people just reflexively refuse to believe, you know, are real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, um, you know, like, like a, a more obvious one is like uh, people who have anxiety disorders or panic attacks, which I don't have anymore, but which I used to have, and, and which, are, which are a very real thing. And I remember... Um, I remember having a, a very, uh, and again, it's been years since this happened, but I had a, a real crippling panic attack some years ago. And I mean, really just to the point that, like, I've talked about it, but I called, I I called 911 thinking I was about to die, which I guess everybody does. I guess that's a pretty common reaction. I was like, I think I'm dying and whatever. Um, but I was, like, describing it to somebody later who I thought would sort of be understanding about it. And they go, oh, you were just nervous. Everybody gets that. And I was just... It's like I so desperately just wanted to punch them in the face. Um, but like the clown phobia, I went to high school with a girl who was just had, I mean, like, an, and somebody thought it was like a goof, though. They thought that she was just sort of being kooky about it. And so this is so horrible. And then so, I mean, I, and I'm sorry for telling you the no, story, but sorry. at least you'll know you're not alone. So what they did is uh, one day in high school, when she went around, they just managed to open her locker and they just stuck a huge clown doll in, uh. in her locker. So she's like, so anyway, I can't wait to go to fifth period. And, you know, and there's uh. like the, the poltergeist clown like looking out of her locker between fifth and sixth period. So there you go. Well, let's end your monkey watch. There's your monkey watch for... Are we breaking here? Take a break. We'll come back. More from uh, Don Taylor. This show is really just zipping by today. Still Should to come? people call in now? Or... Do, do you wish to do that now? I have these calls to get to here. How do you feel about it, sir? Why don't we get to the... Start getting to the calls on the other side. All right. We come back. We will uh, take these phone calls. Then uh, we will take your bad jokes in, uh, as you endeavor to win uh, the shirt meant for the comedian. Uh, then later on, Chris Paddock does his top five montage songs from a film. We'll speak with Dennis Pitsenbarger and more to stay. There is the Rick Emerson radio program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. This day has really uh, gone by in a blink of an eye. All right. Don Taylor of Film.com joining us uh, here in the studio, ably assisting at the news desk, as uh, as she does uh, quite often. Um, Yes? 
No, no. no you opened your mouth as though you were anticipatorily. No, I, it was a twitch. Yeah, okay. Uh, so here's what's coming up in the next uh, fun-filled hour of the Rick Emerson Radio Extravaganza. Uh, we'll do the uh, top five with Chris Paddock from Rock 101 KUFO. Chris Paddock is going to be counting down the top five uh, montage songs from a oh, film. No. And here's the thing. I only know some of them. I don't know all of them. And there was one that I really strongly suggested, and I'm kind of suspecting it didn't make the cut, and I'm right now I'm attempting to not take it personally. I'm sort of preemptively moving on from the fact that I was probably disregarded. That's okay. As long as none of them is brown-eyed girl, I'll be happy. Well, Fat Boy came in and, like, changed the whole list. Of course. Well, that's what he does. He's sort of, you know... But your and, list is made of fail. Yeah, you know, here's here's what he is. He, this is Lisa Wood from Rock 101 Hi. KUFO. Uh, Fat Boy is sort of the... Um, I think he's sort of the script doctor... Uh, you know, uh, in this building, in some ways, yeah. you'll be putting something together. And he'll show up like, like I've seen, uh, I've seen at least four uh, really. That's always like <laughs> quiet, pull aside. Unforgivable errors, dude. I'm not going to argue uh, movies. With yeah, him, I just, uh, you know, look, I mean, you know, you can listen to. I mean, you don't have to take my advice. I just thought that maybe this glaring omission of yours that's going to make you look like a retard. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, maybe I just did your list, you know. And of course, but then he's always right. You just so. gave him credit for being really nice, though. He literally said your list is made of fail. <laughs> well, maybe it was. I mean, have you ruled out the possibility that that was a fact? We think no. he, is. he did point out a couple things. I was like, wow, how do we forget that? Yeah, that's, that's part of his uh, appealing, plain-spoken nature, Lisa. Uh, so here's what's coming up this hour. The top five montage songs from a film with Chris Paddock. Uh, later on, we'll talk to our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger, who hosts Miles Around Radio. Now, 9 to noon Saturdays on this very fine radio station. Uh, Don Taylor will favor us with more news. Now, for this T-shirt giveaway, Sarah, I think, so here's what we're going to do. Yeah. I think we'll do two banks of calls and I guess we've been saying bad jokes, so it's got to be. I'll have to make us. I mean, it can make us laugh in a terrible way. So we'll say that it is. Uh, you know, it's got to be. It's got to be kind of a terrible joke. Obviously, clean for the air. There's got to be a bad joke, and the, but it's got to sort of make us. You know, at least laugh inside. And at the end of two banks of calls, we will. Uh, we will assess the worst slash best joke, uh, and that person will win the shirt destined for the comedian. Yes, it's, the, it's the worst. Yeah, I think. It's like I mean, the, best, the worst bad. We're looking yeah, for yeah, the worst yeah, bad joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, the best bad joke. I gotcha. Uh, all right, so Richie, I'm going to clear these phones out now. Right? Now that's me <laughs> hanging up on people. All right. Goodbye. Um, so it is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. And we all get to judge, too, so everyone gets their pens and... But I must ask that you hold your applause and response to the end because I don't wish to dishearten people who may be uh, listening on hold. Can so I write on this? Here's the deal. Yes, you can make notes of your life. But I just uh, <laughs> I want to make sure that I want to I want to you know sort of uh, tip our hand at all. So we will remain largely silent through the telling of these. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Only rules are this: jokes must be clean for the air, and they must be under twenty seconds in length. Yes. You must be able to tell the joke in twenty seconds or less. Uh, so it's 503-733-2970. We will rack up those. We'll do a couple banks of calls. At the end, the best bad joke will win the fabled T-shirt. <laughs> While Richie is screening those, once again at the news desk, it's Don Taylor. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Well, if you are planning to take the train to Seattle, uh, don't. Amtrak has suspended train service between Portland and Seattle due to mudslides. Amtrak says there will be no train service between Seattle and Portland from Thursday through Saturday. They've also canceled service between Spokane and Seattle tonight. Uh, you know, mudslide is one of those things that you sort of hear about, but I have never been caught in one. I've never really seen one firsthand, but it just seems like it seems like a bad way to go. You know what I mean? It seems like an unpleasant way to spend the last few moments on Earth is just encased in just, you know, it just encased in dirt thinking like, nah, I could have driven it for the love of... <laughs> I, exactly. It, that would be the worst way, I think, to be in a mudslide yeah. would be if you were in a train. Filled with clowns. Oh, 
Oh. And Bud. Okay. Uh, and Angry Monkeys. Oh, There's God. no other kind, Don. There's what no other kind. What is that? There's a penis watch. <laughs> Excellent. Here's your penis watch <laughs> for Thursday. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. There's Don Taylor with your penis watch for Thursday. So a woman whose husband died after she set him on fire because she was jealous of his fooling around. She wanted to punish him for cheating. Uh, she explained that she actually had no intention of killing him by setting him on fire. She only wanted to burn his penis. <laughs> it seems like you could burn his penis the old-fashioned way by humping a whole hockey team while he's out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, town. But I think that's an important uh, uh you know, it's a distinction. Detail. It's a yeah. distinction, though, because, you know, of course, she didn't want to be tried for murder. Of course not. Only for arson and life endangerment. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Uh, the prosecutor told the court that uh, she had told the woman had told friends she was a jealous wife and was convinced he was having an affair. She reportedly told her friends, I just wanted to burn his penis so it belongs to me <laughs> and no one else. Wow. I didn't mean for this to happen. That is so great. And you got to love a woman who does have specificity of plan, though. You know, I mean, it was a vision. She so did she have... Had, yeah, she's not saying she didn't want to start the fire. She had she focus. She burn his penis. And that's the thing. is She's not saying, like, I don't know, like, we have this uh, kerosene lamp by the bed, and then there was uh, an aftershock of some kind. I mean, she 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 cops to the burning. Yeah. And it might have actually worked. She poured methylated spirit on his genital area, <laughs> set it on fire, the promise. The problem is that apparently he was flailing around in pain and knocked the bottle over. Oh. And eventually the fire spread through the entire house and onto a neighbor's property, <gasps> causing roughly one million Aussie dollars, which I think is about uh, 120. Penises really are the down. cause of all the problems in this world. I mean, if you think about it, really all ills and all suffering comes from, it all comes from penises. I mean, they start all the trouble. There's no getting around it. One way they, that, by the way, final note that I, as a man, picked up on here. Note that doesn't say he was cheating. Just yeah. says she was convinced that he was cheating. Oh, no, I didn't there was probably no, no asking. I mean, she might have thought to ask later, at which point it was just sort of a lot of vowel sound responses. But if he knocked the thing over, isn't that kind of suicide? Uh, yes. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that'll be her next hack. All right. And there you go. There's your penis watch for Jesus. I bet that, you know, also this, as as his penis was set ablaze, and he was sort of looking at it, well, this sucks. I I mean, he, I wonder if, in, you know, in some corner of his brain, he was like, well, like, at least my day can't get any worse, you know, and then it's, yeah. all right, so this, Richie, are these jokes that are racked up here? All right, great. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, is this is line one a joke? Because it says it's about monkeys. Unless it's a monkey joke, which I guess the judges would accept. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to go through, uh, I don't know, probably two banks of calls here. Jokes must be clean. I don't try to be all entendre filled on it. Just keep it actually clean. Uh, and no longer than 20 seconds. Uh, we will try to reserve all of our uh, you know, reaction and so forth. Everybody's done. Uh, and so, Richie, we'll do two banks, so you probably want to be getting, like, a phone number for each of these guys. And then, like, maybe just, like, you know, a couple-word description of the joke. And at the end, uh, we will uh, judge the best of the jokes, and the best one wins this T-shirt. Which, by the way, Sarah, if it's not already, you got to put a picture of it up online, because we've had so much discussion about it. People okay. have to see, really, yeah. what what you spent $40 on uh, for this... <laughs> this misguided... Uh, this misguided boy that you were dating. So... Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, 
Do you suspect that, like, by the way, when, that, like, when he owned the original of this shirt, like, did it, like, did it alternate with a shirt that said, like, what if the hokey pokey is what it's all about? Oh, God. He does have one that says, Tom is not my friend. Oh, really? Does he just have his paycheck sent right to Hot Topic, or? Oh, my God. All right. Anyway. He's too old for that. All He's right. not a very good comedian, is he? Oh. Wow. Well, not that, that, I'm just, that. I'm, Wow, the I'm nuclear just, option is, is used. Don wins. No. I'm just guessing from. Thread closed. If that's an example of his sense of humor. <laughs> Somebody has somebody has used the football, and the scorched earth policy has has been instituted. Wow! Jesus! I mean, if this is the stuff he pays money for, I don't want to hear the jokes he writes himself. That left That's a all mark. I'm saying. I bet you, if you made that hokey pokey shirt though, and Kathy Press, you'd make a lot of money. That was because people the would thing. buy that. That was like such a that was such a sh- a sawed off shotgun of of, <laughs> of a remark right there that it's like I'm going to be picking birdshot out of my thighs wow. for the next. That was that was good though. You're funny, though, I guess. <laughs> you should try comedy, Don. I almost made a left for dead joke there. <laughs> Let's go to the phones now. All right. Uh, yeah. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson yeah. radio program. Uh, are you going to favor us with a joke? Somebody needs to be the keeper of the time. Sarah, can that be I you? Tr- I could yeah. try it if you don't need it. I could try the one more, you know, try it when I get home. Who, what? what? What are you talking about? I was already looking at him. He doesn't know he's on For the, the radio. love of God. Hello, sir. You're on the radio speaking to thousands of people. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> sorry, Rick. <laughs> that hey. doesn't count as a joke, by no. the way. <laughs> Why didn't they make two Yogi Bears? I don't know. Because they made a boo-boo. All right. We're holding all of it. Made a boo-boo. Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I, I, we're, 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 by the way, we're not going to laugh now. We're laughing here inside, maybe. Uh, and at the end, we don't wish to prejudice, you know, the, the sort of, you know, the other judges in the room. So, all right. Uh, did Richie get your information, sir? Yes. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Don Taylor's like, you're like the, you know what it is? You're like the externalized id and, and, and whatnot. Uh, all right. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, what is your joke, sir? Hello, is this me? Yes, it is. What did the blind guy say when he walked into the fish market? That's the kind of that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I say is this safer air. That's a that's an unacceptably crude joke, sir. Are you kidding me? No, 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 I'm not. I don't think he doesn't like that. Richie, will you do me a favor and do a little pre screening on some of these? <laughs> Seriously. And also it's just icky. All I just wrote is ew. <laughs> I know. Anyway, it's just right. icky. Five oh three seven three three. Three women who are actually judging these <laughs> and Eddie comes up with that. I know. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seven. Hello, uh who might this be? Bill. All right, what's your joke, sir? What's orange and blue at the bottom of a pool? A baby with flat floaties. Oh my! Sorry. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! What a creepy laugh. Okay. He's like, "Hi, my name's Bill." I think that might be a performance art wow. kind of a thing. Was, I know I wasn't was supposed that to Rob react. Zombie? Sorry. Wow! Oh Come on, I'm, I want some quality jokes here, people. That was horrible. <laughs> Remember what I said earlier about how about how this phone was kind of a whip and sampler box. <laughs> Jesus. Mmm, this chocolate tastes of evil. Filled with monkey meat. Wow. Jesus. All right. I don't think that counts as a joke. No. Uh, no hello. So are we, is this officially now still number two? This is number three. I mean, They're all number two so far. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Please, Hi, do, um, please don't be creepy or off-putting. I guarantee this is safe for air, and um, I have to preface this by saying I myself am Jewish. Okay. Uh, what is the difference between a pizza and a Jewish person? 
Wait, now, hold on. Seriously, is this, is this going to be a, hold on, is this going to be a genocide-related joke? Um, what am I so thinking? I think now. What, yes, oh yes, now. Lord. Now, now. I'm never going to get rid of this damn shit. Yeah, God Almighty. That's a great day. I should have known when he said, no, 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 now I'm Jewish, and uh, now, and my wife is black, so now, hear me out. God oh. Almighty. All right, so we're still at number three. Oh, my, really? You know, maybe, is this our karma, uh, and by ours, I mean Don's karma for making the crack about bad comedians? No. Being funny is hard work. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Does this joke hey, have to, No, no, no. Before you say any, anything else, does this joke have to do with A, the Holocaust, B, yeah. B... It's not bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, but it's not bad. I'm giving you the shirt right now. You just won the shirt right there. Don't say anything else. Don't screw it up. Don't say another word and blow it. You win the shirt for that right there. He did not get the shirt, Rick. I want to hear more. Is it about the Holocaust? Yes, but it's not bad. That's it. Okay, you might not get the shirt, but I'll tell you what, you're getting something. Richie's going to give you something when this is done. Wow. When this Thank is done, you. you're winning something for that. Please tell me you don't actually have a Holocaust joke. It's not a Holocaust joke. It's just, how did Hitler tie his shoes? Oh, my God! It's a Holocaust joke. You can't, you can't I, call it. How did he tie his shoes? Oh, I don't know. Hold on now. Just because it's joke. about, now, now look, a Hitler joke, it might not, it might be about painting. How did he tie but the first thing he said was, but it's not bad. How did, it's not. It really isn't. How did, how did Hitler tie his shoes? Yeah. You want me to... Uh, no, no, don't ever, no, don't ever tell me. Just let it be a mystery forever, because then I'm the anticipation will Nazis. be... Nazis. <gasps> Dude. You see, that's... that's just, no, okay. I'm going to put you on hold. You're little Nazis. Hey, little Nazis. Hey, hey, little Nazis. Little Nazis is, is actually fun. Stop sputtering, sir. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to put you on hold. All right. You're going to take like a DVD or something for your remark that, quote, it's a Holocaust joke, but it's not bad. And then we're going to pretend the rest of the call went really, really, really well. All right? Don't go uh, anywhere. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thank you. Right. And, okay. and then it's fine. Forward momentum. Jesus. Oh. Wow, this is like, we're going to file this under ill-advised. What did I, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> I, this is like, I, I feel like that guy who just picked the wrong grail. Hello. Hi. Uh, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. No, this is just bad. I'll tell you, something's in the air. Okay, so I just went in the backyard and my wife was stumbling around. So you know what I did? No. Shot her again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not so Wow. Sorry. He's number four, right? I was thinking of an amusing limerick that I heard I have that week. as number three. Are we, are we put using? you on hold, thanks. I've just got a list here that says boo boo, hello ladies, dead babies, dead jays, holocaust guy. Boo boo, flat floaties, <laughs> shot wife again. <laughs> Little Nazis. <laughs> I'm so afraid to answer these calls. Look at when it's on an upswing now. Is it really? What with I the what so. with the domestic violence and all? Yeah. No, no, no. It was all downhill until they talked about that wife killing, and then from then on it was a <laughs> it, was awesome. it was smooth sailing after that. <laughs> By the way, I got an email earlier. Guy said he was at, of course, Lloyd Center, which is the home of quality. Mm -hmm. Said he saw the. It, this is his description. He goes, "I saw the best shirt at Lloyd Center yesterday." Oh, and the shirt said, "The best taste, the best place to take a bullet is in the girlfriend." So there you go. <laughs> Apparently that was for sale. At, at uh, Hot Topic. Our, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> Okay, Sarah, I got lines one, three, and four. You tell me what to answer, because when I answer, it's always something okay. awful. Line three. Here, I'll do it. All right. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. For the love of sweet Jesus, please don't be awful. Go ahead. Don't, 
Don't be awful. Yes, go ahead, please. Okay. All right. What's red and smells like blue paint? What? I'm so torn about whether I even want to know. I don't know. Red paint. That's the joke. You know what's crazy? I've heard that joke three times this week. I don't understand. I don't understand. It. Wait, say what's again. red and smells like blue paint? Red paint. Oh. Because, because you know, because paint, paint all smells the same. Paint. It's not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not is this like is now? Is this no? Hold on a second now. Is this like one of those? Um, is this like a Doonesbury strip where I'm supposed no. to? I'm supposed to laugh and go. Oh, that's so wry. No, it's funny. It's no, like, he really has a. That's insightful too. See uh, that. That's what I get for trying to make a clean joke. No, no, no. I'm just, Thank you. We appreciate that. I'm just saying, I know, but it's like I sometimes, like I don't, like occasionally I will read, or always, you know, you read Doonesbury and you kind of go, I don't understand. I'm like, I'm smart enough to. All right. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll give you points for cleanliness, though. So we're going to put you on the pile for that, sir. Yay. Right, thanks. All right. Really? One more and then we're done. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't care. I don't care if we don't have a single. You You know what? I will go burn the shirt when we're done if we don't have a winner. Just to get rid of this and be, to move on. You could put it in your trunk and have it be nibbled by mice. Right. <sighs> All right. I don't understand why that joke is circulating. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Last caller who really has to make up for the assembled sins of all the previous callers. Go. <laughs> oh, is that me? Yes, it is, sir. How can I help oh, you? Okay. This is uh, actually kind of a story and a joke. I'll be quick. Uh, riding with some friends in Florida, we were headed down south. I'm sorry, uh, but wait, back up. I, you have to speak more clearly, sir. Your phone is, is a little wacky on us. Okay. We're driving in Florida. We're headed down south. We're getting close to the town of Kissimmee. Kissimmee. It's Kissimmee. Well, the couple, the way it's spelled, it says Kissimmee. So they're arguing. Is it Kissimmee? Is it Kissimmee? They pull over, get something to eat, walk into the store. Ask guy, said, look, I want you to tell my wife exactly where we're at. Look her dead in the face, slowly tell her where we're at. Guy looks her in the face, very slowly, very calmly says, McDonald's. Awesome. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Put you on hold. Anyway. Now, he should get a, a special bonus point just for the fact that that was the only one of them that was actually a joke. <laughs> well, well, well. The rest were riddles, <laughs> and most were inappropriate. Uh, All right, so you guys, I'm thinking so far, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I know we're taking too. a break that before one. we do anything. Yeah. I'm disappointed in your uh, listeners. Me too, man. I was hoping to hear some real good bad yeah. I have a feeling that the cleanliness kind of hinders them. I just feel like I'm covered in just, just so much awful right now. Fail, as Bobby was saying. I can't wash off the fail. <laughs> Dirt won't come off these dirty hands. We're taking a break. We'll be back after this with the top five. Chris Paddock. And then it's Pitts from Miles Around Radio. More with Don Taylor as well. Oh, the love of uh, Jehoshaphat. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an exercise in flawlessness. It is uh, 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970, here alongside uh, Don Taylor from Film.com, uh, and uh, so forth. All right, so let's just let's just skip to the bottom of the page. Sarah, would you like to announce uh, the uh, recipient of the shirt? Yes, indeed. It's already signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, I don't know, the dude was talking about the... Wife stumbling around in the back. 
yard. Yes, the shirt goes to the wife-killing guy. Well done, sir. Congratulations. Your you should parents, be proud. parents will be calling everybody they know. But that was the least tasteless. <sighs> I just wanted, now the shirt is gone. We don't have to talk about the shirt anymore. The light is green. The trap is clean. Sorry. Yes. All right, uh, so later on in this uh, half hour, uh, we'll do the uh, top five montage songs from a film. Chris Paddock put that together, and of course, it is, uh, in fact, it, it, it's extra zinky that Don Taylor is here today because you can weigh in, you know, filmically uh, on that top five. So, uh, without further ado, let's bring on to the Rick Emerson program our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger from Miles Around Radio and Television. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? I am fantastic. I have life. obviously missed the last half an hour of uncomfortableness. Um, it's been an I see, I was kind of leading up to it. I will not talk of the shirt, though I thought maybe I would fit the shirt, and now the shirt is gone, so we will not talk about the shirt. The shirt is gone. Apparently, they can be purchased for $30 at Cafe Press, though. No, I'll, I'll skip that. Okay. I got some other stuff at Cafe Press I need to get. Joni had recommended that as well. Yeah. But apparently, there's another place that I should go. Uh, was it you that recommended the other, yes. some other place? In a, and by the Print way... Printfection, actually. Uh, I said Printfection. Print a, a flawless plug, by the way. I have to say that that, is, uh, <laughs> that was done without, uh, without hiccup at all, so... But no, it was interesting. I, I had so much to talk about. One, I have to say that I'm going to get it out right here right now. Do not take Dale Earnhardt's name in vain. Now, I mean, as I know that I'm the dumb redneck of the group that goes around in circles in the dirt. Like Somebody's it. projecting. I'm just saying. I just I was a little bit kind of like, guys, come on now. Dale Earnhardt, it, it, granted, some of the memorabilia that surrounds his his legacy as a race car driver is, is quite ridiculous. Well, I have to admit. I wasn't impugning Dale Earnhardt. I'm just saying, really... No one needs a touch lamp with the face of any real person on it. No, no. And I, the only way, no. I mean, and. Do you believe that uh, chopping vegetables on his head is really a way to. That's uh, how he'd want to be remembered. Now, if if I had to choose between the brass touch lamp and the chopping block with his face on it, I would actually take the chopping block. But uh, I just thought it was kind of interesting. But no, that and then the gas tax stuff. I wanted to chime in about that. We the last few weeks on the show, man. Every time we bring up stuff like diesel uh, diesel taxes, as far as what's going on with that, the gas tax or the mileage tax is really what it's called. It's it's been really interesting. And again, every time I talk intelligently about politics, I get this stunned look on your face of you like are you seeing are, a dog play the piano. Hey, I guess that's a compliment. I, I'll take it as that. I was just trying to keep up the Mad Men references this week. But so what is the so what is the deal? Are they going to put like is this a thing they're going to do or is it the thing they're talking about doing? It's still a, a thing they're talking about. Every time they do it, there's enough people to get it on the docket, so to speak. And then every time they they speak intelligently about it, they realize they have nothing to say. Uh, that's a personal opinion. I will admit. But that. I mean, because we, but it, a lot of it's because of hybrid cars, right? Because you can't get the same number, you know, amount of taxes from people because they're buying less gas because they got a hybrid car. So if you hit them for the mileage it's a wash exactly right. and then, so it really just it becomes a moot point it becomes very frustrating for people that are either you know you start to talk to people in the trucking industry that's where it really went south not south in our discussion on the show but people really got you know up in arms about well wait a minute if i have 35 you know peterbilt trucks that are getting you know i mean whether or not they're getting 10 or 15 miles per gallon they're still towing all the goods and services that everybody needs on a daily break i mean all the way down to the viso that i'm drinking right here nice again yes. uh, got to be delivered by plug. somebody in a truck. It's delivered by somebody in a truck. They're getting hit more than the person that drives eight miles to work all month because they have a hybrid. So it's, you know, the thing is, these these type of things are good for society in a whole that they can try to bring money to the right type of, I guess, needed response to things that are going on. But the problem is, is they can never find a level playing field. You know what you are? You're like one of those... You're like one of those uh, things we used to have on the 4th of July called snakes, and it was like a little black pellet. And you would light it, 
And then it would just, like, grow and grow, and it would just be, like, this endless, like, black sort of bitter uh, kind of acrid uh, concoction this, that would grow out of and it just never seemed to... And it came out of, you know, like, such a relatively small... It's just... Just, uh, just this bitterness that just flows forth out of you about such things. I wouldn't say that it's bitterness. It's just it, I'm very frustrated with the things that are going on in the automotive community right now. You I mask mean, it well. <laughs> that would be a lie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's just it's it's one of those things that every time, you know, we added the third hour, and thank you, Mr. Uh, Nine to noon Saturday. The, uh, the, the overlord of AM 970, the talker. But, you know, it, it, it seems like we've run into what we call, as most people do, a Rick Emersonism, which is even though we have three hours now, we're still stuffing five hours of show into it. The key is to turn large sections of the show over to the audience with little or no pre-screening. <laughs> That's really where the genius uh, derives. Well, I mean, it's just it's 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 tough, you know. I mean, it's very frustrating to watch what's going on. And uh, and I said it last week, and you guys might be happy with this. I have now become a full blown Democratic, uh, part of the Democratic Party, simply because I heard someone tell me that on the 21st of this month, uh, Barack Obama was just going to print 50 billion dollars more money. So I figure even line forms to the left. Well, I figure you know I I took I I took GM's bailout program, and I actually got a copy of that because of being a, a member of the accredited press, and just copied and pasted my company logo everywhere it said GM, and I sent it into the government, but I haven't had any response yet. By the way, you know, just somewhere, hearing you use the phrase, I am a member of the accredited press, Dave Paul is just weeping silently into a mocha. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I... I'm just stirring, you know, stirring and just saying, I just don't understand this I, world. I, I have to say, on behalf of myself and this radio station, that was a lie. All right. Uh, so, uh, I apologize. We're going to have to... Unfortunately, I think we're up against another break. Are we up against a break? And then the top yeah. five, regrettably so... So my apologies. I always feel like everything kind of gets gets cut short. But you have got but you're nine to noon. The show's been expanded by an hour. Nine to noon Saturdays. Nine to noon Saturdays on this very station. We actually again we'll uh, we'll tackle this topic again. You can have a lot of fun with us on nine to noon AM nine seventy right here on the Talker Comcast Sportsnet the TV show. Have some fun. Check it out. And uh, again uh, to my fe- uh, to my fellow uh, late Tor- Portland Tribune employee, I have to say that uh, it's fun hearing you on the radio as well. Oh, well, thank you. Very All right, much. Dennis Pitsenbarger, ladies and gentlemen, Comcast Sportsnet one point two million households and nine to uh, noon. million households, (laughs) 9 to noon. You can hear his shy retiring wit weekends right here on AM 970. Back after this with the top five montage songs from a film. Stay there. Back after this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here's the thing. Sarah was noting earlier that uh, that I seemed a little um, amped up today or slightly more manic than normal. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But, you know, the thing is, like, after that last 25 minutes, even as sort of, uh, I don't know, even as sort of hopped up as, like, Sarah and myself and Donnie, we can all kind of get you know, the three of us together. It's like now it just feels so relaxed. You know what I mean? It's just like swinging three bats in the you know the, you know the on deck circle or whatever. You get up there and they feel fine you know, with just the one. It all seems very uh, it all seems very mellow in here. This email and this is going to be the final word in the whole shirt giveaway. Uh, uh, listener uh, Chris K says, Rick, 
Between Holocaust jokes and a guy who sounded as if he wasn't telling a joke but was actually just staring at a baby at the bottom of the pool while telling you about it, it's clear that you may need to preface and define the word bad before doing something like this in the future. It sounds like everyone else who called had their own definition, ranging from tasteless and unairable to psychotically creepy. You needed to say cringeworthy, unfunny jokes. Bad was apparently too amorphous of a concept. Chris. Wait a minute, is that Chris Walsh? I don't know. It doesn't say. It's just a, it's Chris and then the initial K. Okay, that's not Chris. Yeah, all right. Anyway. All right. How is everyone today? Very well. I feel great. All right. And do you feel like we had a good resolution to the shirt business? I do. I'm, I'm glad that the shirt is gone. Because here's the thing: is like, and I, and and then this. Because I wasn't satisfied with any of those jokes, you know, per se. But it's just like I don't want to drag this out any longer. It needs to be done. That's my thing. Because the coda, from my perspective, would be, like, here's my thing: mm-hmm. is that you made the decision to break up with the comedian, but you hadn't made the decision to break up with the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it was? It was like, you know, you woke up and you're like, you know what, this isn't working. And again, you know, you so you, you sort of you sort of opted to end things uh, with him, but yet his clothing remained. And it was like, you know, and the clothing was sort of like, uh, you know, when you date somebody and then there's like a cat that you have, you know, for the next five years. And so now the cat's gone away to live Although, in the countryside with other in the cats. Case of, in the case of that shirt, that would be like a cat that pees on your furniture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cat that has those, uh, those butt-seeking parasites in it. <laughs> Butt-seeking parasites? What? what? Never mind. <laughs> what? Now I'm going to be going home and Googling butt-seeking cat parasites. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Who wants to do more news? I will. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. I've reached that point in the show, by the way, where I'm on the verge of becoming dangerously giggly. I don't know what. I think there's some sort of an oxygen uh, seep or something that's uh, taking my sustenance away. Well, this this will sober you up. A uh, scorned 21-year-old told her ex-boyfriend that he couldn't prove that she was the one who vandalized his apartment on three separate occasions. But then she posted a photograph of the damage on MySpace. <laughs> Excellent. According to a criminal complaint, uh, last week she doused the inside of his house with paint, splashing it on the walls, toilet, washing machine, computer, and other furniture. She also allegedly filled the house with trash and impaled a teddy bear on a pole with a knife through its head. God almighty. <laughs> wow. See, and you think the shirt thing <laughs> is a problem. Seriously. So, uh... Jesus. Yeah, she was charged with uh, two felonies for the vandalism. The complaint doesn't say why she uh, wanted revenge, but it says she found out the man had been seeing another woman when he broke up with her. Why should the gold fashion set his penis on fire? <laughs> that's the. I mean, that really is the standard by now. That's the wait two days to call of the uh, of the scorned woman world. Just the, the genius of that. The, uh, you can't prove it was me. There's a picture of it on MySpace. Well, you know, but MySpace though has become. You know, MySpace has become like one of those weird, like, crab nets that they drop to the bottom of the ocean, you know, with like a, literally like a bright, shiny object inside of it. And like, you know, they're just like, well, I guess I'll walk into that thing. Crap. You know, and then it's just stuck there. I mean, MySpace is just, it's like, it's like, it's like dragging duct tape across a dirty floor. And you lift it up and like, there's all the worst things from the lowest rung of existence on the duct tape. I, I was awake for two hours in the middle of the night with one of those anxiety attack middle of the night things because... Uh, I have 
a, a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I got one because like some professional colleagues have one, and right. now like friends from my real life have. Because it's like MySpace uh, oh, I'm for grown-ups. You right now, apparently. Yeah. But the thing is, like, uh, then I got this this uh, two messages in the last few days. Like, so and so has tagged a photo of you on mm-hmm. Facebook, and I'm like, I like, and I I am not a photogenic person. I I have a big round face, and whereas I have, I'm not repulsive in person. Uh, Way to sell yourself. In photographs. I think you're very pretty. Well, thank you. But in photographs, uh, I look like a big slab of mutton with eyes. Is this you looking up at the camera with the sunglasses? Yes. I'm asking to be my That's not a bad photo. That's a good photo. I like it. So anyway, so so I wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm laying there going, oh, crap, because I suddenly realized that tagged on Facebook means that if somebody goes to my page, there's a thing that says, there's three photos of Dawn. Want to see them? And it will go to those. And one of them is of me wearing a Renaissance Fair costume. Wow, that's so great, wonderful. So I'm laying in bed at three o'clock in the morning, going, "I'm going to have to delete my Facebook page. I can't." You have can just untag yourself. I I figured that out yeah. this morning, but I lay there for like two hours, going, willing myself to go back to sleep and not get up and run to the computer and, and delete all it. your work. You know, Don, it's fine, it's fine. Nobody's up at three o'clock in the morning looking at your Facebook page. You can do it in the morning. Do it in the morning. And but, yeah. So. Wouldst thou care to be ridiculed by many lords and ladies? <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, so I got up. Well, the first thing that I did this morning, I made a cup of coffee. Then I went and I was like, can I get rid of this? Okay, it's like pictures only seen by me. I just click. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I have a cannibal watch. Fantastic. Here's your cannibal watch for, I'm just wondering if it was ruffled down the front. It was a... Uh, Are we talking uh, like flowers braided through your hair? No, I was an employee there. This was your classic uh, winch outfit with the uh, the breasts and the bodice and the... Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that won't get anybody to go look for it all over again. Well done. Well, I, I untagged that. Sucker. But it's still on the internet. Uh, Here's your cannibal watch for Thursday. A man has been arrested after the body of a 14-year-old girl was found in a refrigerator in his flat in Gangzhou, southern China, state media report. Discovery was made after the man's neighbor, the girl's grandmother, spotted traces of blood outside his door. Uh, the little girl, Liu Lingli, went missing on Friday, prompting a police search. The newspaper quoted another local resident saying the man had once described human flesh as delicious. Well, that's just true, though. So it's like, where should, could she have gone? Who could it be? <laughs> Maybe it's the neighbor who said human flesh is delicious. <laughs> the man who was identified by his nickname, Ahi, whatever that means, he's said to be a migrant worker who is thought to be mentally ill. <laughs> or just discerning of palate. He was described as a recluse who sometimes wore women's clothing and enjoyed <laughs> watching war films. The newspaper quoted his neighbor as saying that on one occasion, while watching a film of people being killed in battle, he commented that human meat was, in fact, delicious. It's like, you know, it's like it's like a serial killer drinking game or something. <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, that's something. You know, it, it's interesting. I mean, you knew that he had to just be some sort of weird, fascinating, off-the-charts loon for the Chinese media to <laughs> report it because they're very sort of, you know, they're very sort of... Tightly clamped down about that sort of a thing. They don't ever really like to, you know, everything in the uh, everything in the in the PRC uh, is supposed to go swimmingly. So the fact that they felt the need to go like, nah, he's uh, no, he's a lunatic. And this was not one of those guys that the neighbors were going really were su- were surprised. Wasn't we a no quiet idea. man. Yeah, no. no, he's ah, oh, he wears ladies' clothes and uh. likes to eat people. <laughs> the end. There's your cannibal watch for Thursday. Like, you know what I realized? I I can't. At this point in the show, I can't even imagine. Is that your nair? We never used the nair. Well, it works in a little three minutes, and we have three minutes left. 
All right. All right, why don't you get over here? That's great. So, Dom, when you worked at the Ren Fair, were you working at, like, a snack bar? <laughs> Were you no. having to do the thing of like, you know, right, literally was like, would you, what's got like a flagon of Dr. Pepper? I was actually. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't just start smearing that Ooh. all over me. Wait, hold on. Now, where, where is it that you're going to, um, to put that? I don't know. Like, right. Why are we de-herifying you? Now, wait a minute. Now, but doesn't it make, what is the worst possible outcome of putting nair on my skin? That, uh, you have a reaction to it? Yeah. Define reaction. Like it burns your skin off? Nasty red. Maybe we should wait till tomorrow because I don't think we have the proper time. I was going to say. and the nair work its magic. And why don't you, don't the directions usually say, test in a small area covered by clothing? Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> it would smell that's really a, bad though, smell it. That's that voice that always uh. fills me with confidence. I don't know. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? <laughs> All right. Well, 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 you know what? Here's the thing. If you listen to the recap hour today, we were talking about this yesterday. I was just, I was just lamenting, and I know women have lots more to shave and whatever. But you know, I, I just hate shaving. It's just a pain. And so, like once, once every six months, I'll just have some rant about how I, I, I just want like the pill you take, or you know, some scientific advancement where you can just, you know, no more having to shave, turn it off and on. And um, you know, an electric shaver really would be a great idea, except those take three weeks to to start working. Your hair has to, you know, the the um, whatever the grain of your hair has to get has to get, you know, whatever something. And so for three weeks you look homeless and terrible, and that's no good. Uh, you know, you want to look your best when you're sitting next to Kelly Clark and you're probably touching her inappropriately on television. So I I wasn't quite sure how to proceed. And then we had somebody suggesting nair, and then immediately like nine people saying don't try it because it'll melt your flesh. And so then Sarah decided that I had to try it. All of that was then capped by um, our friend Keelan calling up and saying, uh, well, Rick, as a black man, you know, my, my hair has, you know, you know, different qualities. And there's a product that they make for whatever. And it's called, what is it called? Magic Shave? I can't remember. And it is for the, it's for the, you know, it's for the Nubian man who needs to, you know, I think it's like for a facial hair thing. But apparently it is like, I mean, even though I made this joke, I guess it is like a magic shell ice cream topping thing. I guess you put it on. And then it sort of solidifies, and then, as he put it, you chip it off with a spatula. That's what he uses. <laughs> I swear to God, that seems like waxing, but worse. That's what he's saying. He's like, so I put it on, and he goes, you, you let it sit for a while, and then it sort of reaches like, a, you know, it kind of solidifies or it hardens or something. He goes, and then if you got like an old spatula, uh, he's like, then you, then you, then you just chip it off your face, and you're good to go. He's like, then you're all smooth and without razor bumps. So, and then he ended, he ended his bit of advice to me by saying. So, Rick, what you want to do is, this is his phrase, he said, Rick, so what you want to do is, you want to go to the hood at your next opportunity and buy yourself some magic shave. So, I think any any product that involves the instructions and then chip it off your face yes. is uh, yeah. out of the question. Well, here's, we got, what, like 30 seconds? Yeah. There are more calls I could take. <laughs> oh, boy, let's. Lime one or two. Two. It ain't on me. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, last caller of the day, who's going to be setting my tone and mood for the remaining hours until we're speaking again. How can I help you? Thank you, Rick, for not putting me under any pressure. Hello, Sarah and Don. Hello. Hiya. I remember I made the second-to-last comment of 2008, which sucked. I hope I can redeem myself. The uh, shirt, T-shirt that uh, Sarah can't uh, give back? Mm-hmm. How about raffle that to the highest bidder, and then her and some of her friends can go out and have a nice night on the town? Sarah? Hmm, perhaps, because I wasn't really impressed with that guy's joke. All right. Oh, well. I don't know, but I think it's, you know what, I already gave it to him, it's gone. You know, but I give you points for trying, so this call is a solid 7.2. That sir. was good. Right. Thank you. I'm in. Thank Bye you. Now. 
Read more of Don Taylor at film.com. Thank you so much for coming in today. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks also to uh, senior radio correspondents Ed McCarthy, Bob Costantini, and Amanda Moyer. Rick Emerson, show producer today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Spillin for AM970 The Talker in the newsroom. Don Taylor on the phones. Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't have with me, Reynolds. See you tomorrow at 10. Bye now. I'm a hockey mom from Alaska.